What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is Boston rapper, producer, actor, and stand-up comedian Michael Christmas. We spoke about Father's Day, Peaky Blinders, Top Boy, Uncut Gems, Ja Rule, Horror, Black Comedy, Spike Lee, The Art of References in Rap, Respecting the Culture, Van Buren, the Massachusetts rap scene, a handful of his music videos, and the creative process behind he and producer Ricky Felix's collab project, Christmas and Six. Come fuck with us. It actually just got him a TIE Fighter Father's Day. My dad. Oh, that's hard. Yeah. I assume he hasn't built it yet. No, he didn't even get it yet. It's not even here yet. It's, it's mm. late, hell, but he's chilling. He's fine. He called me today. He said, I want my Father's Day gift now. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you, it's here Wednesday, but I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> Yo, you're better than me. I didn't get my dad a gift this year just because, like, we were, we were, um, I was just in Virginia. I literally, I, I haven't even been home for 24 hours. And, like, so, like, okay, story time. So, I, um, we were supposed to go down to Virginia. <laughs> Your fucking arms crossed, smiling and shit. Um, oh, uh, story. Come on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Uh, so we were supposed to we were supposed to go down Friday night or, or Friday afternoon and we were sitting at the gate. I was like transcribing an interview and my dad was waiting to hear the thing because um, we were going to visit my great nephew uh, who just turned two, and it was his birthday. So mm-hmm. um, we're waiting. We're waiting at the gate and I finished transcribing and like I finished like right around the time the flight was supposed to happen. So I was like, Dad, they call us to check in the flight. And he was like, no, not yet. And I was like, what do you mean? So like, I wait like five minutes and I go and check. They fucking boarded the flight without us. There was no announcement. They didn't tell anybody. So we're just like in the airport, just like, so we missed our flight. Like somebody needs to fucking hook us up right now. Like I call yeah. United, I call United, like, yo, like we need another flight. And they get us a flight um, the next day. So we go down there. So, so we flew down there just in time to miss his party. <laughs> which made me really sad but we got to see him anyway but like we, we so like i was just sick though the function is you know you fly yeah. to a party you want to go to the party you know what I'm saying? yeah like i thought i felt so bad but like we uh because like because like it was like toy story themed and everything uh-huh. like we got there and like and like my big sister um shout out to aisha i love you she um she was wearing like a Pizza Planet shirt. My niece had a Mr. Potato Head shirt on. Like it was, it was like a whole shit. I was so tight that we missed it. But, um, but the Father's Day element. So, um, because like through all of that, and like I had been asking him for two weeks, like, what do you want for Father's Day? He's the type of person like you got to ask him like six times. You're like, oh, I don't know. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you. That's me. Anything? What do you want for your birthday? Nothing. Don't give me nothing. So. So I got him nothing because he didn't because a he didn't tell me and b I forgot. So I bought him dinner. It was all good, but like I just felt you know he was like around his he was around his family and I think he appreciated that more than he would a gift because like he doesn't get he doesn't get to see his oldest child too much. He doesn't get like so like just just us being around was cool, but like let's be clear, I didn't see my dad either. That's why I bought him a gift. I would I would have bought him a gift if I went over. I wouldn't have bought him shit if I went over there gave him a hug or something. But I didn't do that, so I'm like I gotta give him something. 
No, you know, I do love him. And he was saying, it's just, I just didn't feel like going over there. <laughs> <laughs> that shit would have been tight, though, if I could have, if I could have just like, if I could have like bought my dad something that he could build. I don't know. Like, that's just like cool to me. He's not like into yeah, Legos dad, or none of that. My shit. dad just likes Star Wars Legos specifically. Like, he had mm-hmm. built them when I was a kid and wouldn't let me fuck with them at all. Um, so it's been something that I've like thought about getting him for a long time. I just wanted to like, now he got the time to do it. And like, you know what I'm saying? He's, he's healthier now than he was a couple of years ago, even the way, like, I think he can focus on it and he's not stubborn. I think he'll actually put on his glasses. And oh focus, shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause he has to put on glasses to do this. He cannot build shit without putting on his glasses, but he never puts his glasses on. He holds his phone up to his face like this. It's the funniest shit in the world. This is what he does. When he's trying to like read text and shit, this is what he does. And then sometimes he'll pass me the phone and have me like type the text back because he doesn't feel like doing the shit on his phone. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> Puts that what shit right guy. on his eye like he's trying to scan it. Yeah, like a fucking like like a magnifying glass or some yeah. shit. I've 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 never met your pops, but I feel like I know him so well because you always yeah. have something new to say about him. That shit is yeah, so everybody cool. does because he's a he's a he's hysterical. You know, he's into F one now, like real into it. Like late fifties, fitness fifties, early fifties, late stage F one fan. Like hit me like you know what would be crazy. There's about to be a race in Miami. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, like F one. I'm like, when the fuck did you start <laughs> paying attention to F1? He's like, no, it's fire. They got a whole thing on Netflix. You got to watch it. <laughs> I'm not watching F1. I don't give a fuck about <laughs> F1. They don't even make those cars for the street. I can't even get in one of those. <laughs> don't That's so street race. I want to see Nissan's race. Right. Yeah. Fucking fu- like, like, you know what I want to see? I want to see. I want to see a whole. I want to see a whole fleet of like Nissans like painted with like the anime characters like they got mm-hmm. them sometimes like I just saw one of those up the street from my house like before I went to Virginia that's th- way those better than any me, like. tracked race you can see yeah the thrill of the chase too is also mm. a part of it. my stepdad was in that culture when I was a kid he bought an Acura for like nothing got it all souped up he got like midnight blue paint white rims 20s had that bitch so low you couldn't enter any parking lot safely and we were fully in that culture. That shit was in the Dominican parade at one point. That's hard. Yeah, it was tough. Did, did you did you fucking um you ever make any Fast and the Furious jokes to them or not? It wasn't no jokes because we was the Fast and the Furious family. And in, in, right. in that household, it was they was really living Fast and the Furious. We went to see Fast and the Furious like three times. <laughs> and too Fast and Furious and Tokyo Drift. Because my stepbrother and my stepdad both love cars. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? They when the Fast and the Furious came out, it was like it was like the Avengers for them. Like it was like <laughs> get the fuck out of here, like a movie about souped up street racing tuners. So we were that was our house. So like I wasn't as into it, but I liked it too. But they were like the video games, Need for Speed, the buying the joints you paint and build, like the whole Midnight thing. Club and shit. Yeah. Midnight Club Dub City Edition. You know what I'm saying? Already. <laughs> <laughs> 100% all day. So it wasn't even like the jokes really came when I went to my to my dad's side of the family and they're like, they love them lips, boy. <laughs> <laughs> love them lips. <laughs> Yo, fucking shit. It's uh I just start I just started doing like cold opens on this show again. Mm-hmm. Like I did them like at first, but I'm so happy we started with this. 
this 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 just like a well sorry brain lost um what's crack at everybody welcome back to real notes <laughs> um it's been a while since i've like done a cold open with a thing that you they're not going to be able to see you but either way I thought, did i even get on zoom with my nice <laughs> camera i should unplug all this shit <laughs> i should have i should have told you bro i'm sorry the game Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry Fuck i put it, this shirt it. on for this bro i ain't had to waste this shirt i had a perfectly good shirt on before this shirt got on oh no he's wearing Record this clip and put it on youtube i promise i'll do that yeah for for you for you i'll do that i promise i promise i promise my name is dylan cinema Sai. um i got a lot of names i do a lot of shit um just home from virginia uh literally not even 24 hours ago and um i'm with somebody who's also who also has a lot of names and also does a lot of shit and um mm. this guy man like Man, Christmas is, I already said your name. I fucked it up already. This guy's a rapper, producer, fucking stand-up man, fucking goddamn beautiful beat enthusiast, everything burrito enthusiast, fucking customized drawing on CDs enthusiast. He's all sorts of things. And he's been the homie for, I don't even know how long we've been friends, but like Michael Christmas, we got Michael fucking Christmas in the building, man. After, after, after so many delays, this is supposed to happen like six months ago. And yeah. it's, it's, it's my fault. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's my fault too. It's my fault too. hundred percent. Cause we pick a day and I agree. And then I don't say shit till that day is three days ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked up too. You could, you didn't have to say, you said Christmas, you should have played it off and been like, is a great time of year uh, for everything. But anyway, our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as smooth as you, bro. I feel like we've been over this. We're back in there. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Wait till I get a podcast. Niggas are going to be shocked. They're going to be like, is this Jay Leno? Or is this Michael Christmas? Who is that? Come on. <laughs> but Christmas, bro, thank you so much for coming on here and doing this. Like, 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 I appreciate you more than you know. I know you're busy as hell, but just like, thank you, man, for real. Man, you got my favorite interviews. I should have grabbed a snack and some water. Before we got cracking, because we can talk for hours about anything every time, bro. It's always a good time, so Man. for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm already so ready. Um, so let me ask you, fucking first question I ask everybody. What was the last movie or TV show you watched that you had a strong opinion about? <sighs> strong opinion about? It doesn't even necessarily need to be a strong opinion, but just like, Something that caught nah, you. because what it is, bro, I have a, I watch so much shit because so much shit's been coming out. I have a list on my phone of all the shows and movies and shit I've been watching. So I don't forget because of how good everything is. I think the last show I had a strong opinion about was this most recent season of Peaky Blinders. Or for oh, some wow. shit maybe people haven't seen. I don't know if you've seen The Offer um, on Paramount Plus. It's a show about I, don't, I don't even know what that movie. is. show about the making of The Godfather. It's like a, a, a telling of that story of how they got The Godfather done from the book being a bestseller to producing the movie to filming the movie. And it's all from the perspective of Al Ruddy, the producer. Good as shit. Very, very good show. Um, I don't crazy. think it's even over yet, but I've been following that super closely. And then, yeah, I finished the last season of Peaky Blinders the other day and I had a strong opinion about it. <laughs> how do you because like because like peaky blinders is a show that i've only like watched in passing and i like mm -hmm. it i fuck with it a lot but like i never 
it's, it's one that I just haven't sat down to like really like devote time to because like the people who I know who like really bang with Peaky Blinders are like really in it. So yeah. like I'm one of those yeah. people. I'm a big Peaky Blinders fan. And funny story. So when me and my girl first got together and we started doing the watching shows together, shit, she's like, you should watch Peaky Blinders. It's really good. It's fire. And I'm like, that shit sounds terrible. And at this point, I haven't seen Gangs of New York either. I've seen nothing ah. like Peaky Blinders that's good. That still. shit is loose. So I've, like, I've seen Gangs of New York. That shit is loose. Exactly. So if I had seen Gangs of New York and liked it, then Peaky Blinders would have been an issue, but I hadn't seen that and liked it either. So she gets me to watch Peaky Blinders. I'm addicted. I'm like, within three days, I've seen the whole series and I'm like, this is the best show. Why didn't you make me watch this sooner? Like, <laughs> I'm saying, I've been talking about a lot of shit. Like a lot of shit about it. Like I was like, this is going to be terrible. I can't even believe you're making me sit down and look at this. Amazing, amazing show. So that being said, my opinion on the final season is I don't think I like it. Um, and oh. <laughs> I think some of I think some of it is out of their control. I think some of it is maybe the way they told the story. I thought there was a lot of different ways they could go, and it just didn't go all the way the way I wanted. I'm selfish that way. But I think part of it is um, the woman who played Aunt Paul. She passed away before they got to do the season two. And she's a huge, huge, huge part of that show. So they had to work around her not being there in ways that I didn't think really felt super organic. So that was maybe one of the reasons why, but I, was, I, I wasn't like, I thought there were other seasons, like even the last season, way better. But I do also think they're going to bring it back in some fashion of not exactly Peaky Blinders, but like some of those people are gonna be back to continue the story. Damn, they princess layered her. That's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they be having her voice play and like showing the painting of her and shit, but she's, you know, she's not there and it's not the same. Right. All, all I can imagine now is just them doing it like uh, like they did Game of Thrones because they're about to put out like seven different Game of Thrones spinoffs. And mm -hmm. it's just going to be like it's going to like 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 as so, like as someone who's not as like tapped in with Peaky Blinders, mm -hmm. but but like knowing how crazy the core fan base is yeah. like like I, like i could see netflix or somebody just being like yeah let's give them let's give them like two let's bring like this like random tertiary character nobody yeah. thought about and give them their own show on some like better call saul shit or well, something the thing is, they introduced new characters in the final season like new characters oh. that are like seemingly important and like didn't even give them like a lot of time to really breathe in the show so i'm like if you're gonna introduce these characters and not bring the show back like i have to believe that either you made a mistake or they're gonna come back in some form of fashion right or they were like so 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 crucial to the last mm -hmm. story of the season that they needed mm -hmm. to be there it's always they weird when people do that something yeah. like to just continue to push the story forward like you know and like kind of yeah i guess they could definitely be placeholders but then i would call that a mistake i'm yeah. like y'all are fucking up you know <laughs> up. but you know they ain't hire me so I'm just mama business watch something else. <laughs> yeah. So what is it? So like what is it about Peaky Blinders that really like drew you to the show at first? Like what was it about it that um, you just like, yeah. I just liked how cool they were. Like the Peaky Blinders were cool as shit. You know what I'm saying? It was just tough. Like it was like watching like Crips, but in like old Tommy England. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like, it was really cool. Like they had like words and like specific and they put blades in their hat. And then also, I was not a big fan of Cillian Murphy, pre-Peaky Blinders either. Did not like him at all. And then uh, watched Peaky. That was another reason why I didn't want to watch it. And then watched it and was like, oh, he's going crazy. Maybe it's just in Britain, he's nice. <laughs> yeah. 
in in America, I think the only thing I liked him in was uh the Batman movie where he was yeah. A <laughs> yeah, when yeah, you know, they're all in the building and he just calls him the Batman. That's all yeah. I ever think of when I think of uh, like like he's just that guy forever yeah. to me. Like mm-hmm. not even not even not even um what's the fucking scarecrow's name? Uh, Jonathan not even Jonathan Crane, but just as like the Batman guy. Like it's just like that's right. that's how I think of Batman whenever I think about it. It's just he's, like, he's, uh, he's he's weird. I like him though sometimes. I only like him in that and then uh I can't even think of what else he's in that. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. His face pisses me. Like I don't like him in, him in Inception at all. Like he's a piece of shit in that. So it's tough. Yeah. To, you know. So it's like in his stupid hair. Like his hair is stupid all the time. But in Peaky Blinders, yeah. he got the pool. So it's cool. He got the white man fade. They all had the white <laughs> man fade. Everybody <laughs> uh, had a white man fade. Man, they were getting it real nice back then. Like the only. <laughs> Just think about it now. Um, you watch Top Boy by any chance? Yeah, of course. Hell yeah, yeah. Bro, I, bro. I spent like a long time speaking only British African. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Days, I, boy, what you saying, fam? What you saying, fam? Where's the food? <laughs> bad peas, fam. Like, come on. <laughs> boy, we're going to make bad peas, fam. Say less. <laughs> Allow, oh, it, fam. Allow it, fam. Allow it. Allow it. Allow it, fam. Safe. So, safe. <laughs> I was just talking to Kemba about this like a month ago because Kemba's also a huge fucking Top Boy fan. And um, did you uh, um, you saw the new season of Top Boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you feel about how'd you feel about the new season of Top Boy? Fantastic! I think I watched it two times over, like immediately, oh, wow. like watched it and then watched it right back. Like really enjoyed it. Um, I don't like how they did my man at the end. <sighs> Me either. I was gonna. Ask. I gotta stop <laughs> bitching every time they do that in something because I didn't like it in Uncut Gems. I don't like it in a lot of stuff when they do that. That shit really bothered me when niggas get this close, see what I'm saying? And then they take yeah. it away. I, I was saying I have like a real anxiety in movies and shows when there's like money looming over somebody's head. Yeah. And they like keep almost getting it, but don't get it. Even if like they're the bad guy, like I do not like seeing niggas not get the money. When niggas don't get the money, I get sad, bro. Like internally depressed because I'm like, all of this, and you was this close. <laughs> <laughs> making me wonder like i legit like i think i cried at the end of uncut gems because i'm like you had the bread yo it wasn't felt- even that he died i didn't even give a fuck that he died at all his right. life was over and it was crazy i was like you had the bread <laughs> you don't have the bread now now this bitch on the plane with the bread <laughs> <laughs> yo he could have he could have he could have had it all like yeah like yeah like with uncut gems i didn't like like i feel I feel you. I feel you when it comes to that anxiety. I need that closure sometimes too. But like, he had it coming, bro. Like his whole yeah. That's like, what everybody said. <laughs> I feel so bad. The problem saying is, that, but he like, did have it coming, but also he didn't owe nobody four million dollars. He owed way less. He could have paid right. niggas twice over and got the fuck on. But they were so impatient with him that they just killed him instead. Then got fucking a bunch of money stolen out the jewelry store and probably got caught like quickly after. Yeah. Like, it was just dumb for everybody. <laughs> and that was what was frustrating. Like, my boy could have paid off a mill to everybody he owed and kept the mill and started his new life. Bro. And and then on top of that, like, son's, son's his fucking brother-in-law was his loan shark. Like, imagine your brother-in-law being your loan shark. 
Like, what an awful situation. Shit like that. Like, that, that's low-key his fault, because you're not even supposed to be doing shit like that. Like... That's some real housewives in New Jersey shit to have your people be that involved like that. You're not supposed to have your... <laughs> right. <laughs> you think I'm gonna fuck you up because you married my sister? <laughs> she don't even like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my son was at dinner, and, it, and they were just looking at each other from across the table. I've been meaning to rewatch Uncut Gems, bro. That movie... That I haven't. Movie was, I haven't still. I'm still a little fucked up from Uncut Gems. There's a few movies like that where I've watched once and just once, and like I think Damn. about them a lot. Like maybe today's the day. I don't think today's the day. Like, uh, you ever seen Never Die Alone with DMX? No, that's the one DMX movie I haven't seen. You don't need to see it. So my grandmother took me to this movie, thinking that we we think we about to see DMX do karate. We think it's DMX, like you did in Cradle to the Grave and shit. Yeah, Jet Lee, if so, Steve. We think we're going to another one of these, bro. This movie is about DMX selling dope, and it's dark. It's real, real dark. And it ends with an OD scene that at my, like, eight years old, whatever the fuck, was not ready for. And the shit played in my head over and over and over for years. I was like, oh, my God, this lady is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck with that movie ever again, bro, and to this day, and I... And I didn't tell my dad like about the movie till way later. Like, or yeah. I guess like I never told anybody. Like I didn't bitch about it at all. And then way later I told my dad, like, you had grandma taking me to movies, people ODing on heroin and shit. And he's like, What are you talking about? And I'm like, never die alone. Death girl OD on heroin at the end. <laughs> Last shot of the movie. <laughs> and he's like, Damn, she took you to see that? And I'm like, Yeah, I don't think she knew. <laughs> I don't think we knew. I'm like, don't trip. You know what I'm saying? It's not her fault. It's not my fault. But it happened. And it, it happened. Fucking- <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta cut that. You gotta cut that with the scene of the nigga running up the wall and fucking cradle to the grave, running away from the dogs. They just like cut in between <laughs> her OD and just backflips on walls. Much easier to digest for sure. Karate. So fuck. <laughs> karate, 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 bro. Yeah, yeah, that shit'll do it every time. That shit'll mm-hmm. do it every time. Like you remember, um, you remember fucking goddamn uh Busta Rhymes and fucking Halloween Resurrection. You remember when fucking he kicked Michael oh, Myers yeah. to the wall and shit? Hip hop karate, bro. Undefeated. Hip hop karate is undefeated, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like trying to think of a rapper who did karate in something that didn't win the fight. Oh, uh, off top, I don't know. I don't think that happens, bro. I don't even think that's that's unwritten in Hollywood. They could never do no shit like that. The only way is if two rappers karate fight in a movie. Mm-hmm. Who you would could you? Never, you could never coordinate two rappers enough <laughs> to fight in a movie. See, if you could, who would you choose? Who would your two be? <clears throat> any era doesn't matter. Any era, two rappers fighting in a movie. I'm gonna want to put some size differentials in the fight to make that a part of it. So I feel like I would go, I'm trying to think of who my big, big, big rap niggas are, like real big, like Beanie Siegel, I think, <laughs> fights. Fat man scoop. Nah, somebody small, bro. Somebody like real small. Like it's a good fight too. Like it's a good ass fight. It's like the end of Bloodsport. Right, okay. Beanie- Beanie Siegel. Mm. Beanie Siegel fights Ja Rule and Beanie Siegel wins like landslide victory, unexpected ending to the movie, hard cut. 
<laughs> hard cut. You think, you think Ja Rule's about to put up a fight? He got the oil on his chest like the clapback video. Yeah. Hands and, you know what I mean? With that Beanie Seagull come out and hit that nigga with paper soldier hooks. <laughs> dickhead and call him dickhead and say other Philly stuff like that. Yeah. Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> tell him, tell him, tell him all the shit from state property. You either get down or you fucking lay down. He like, picks Ja Rule's head up off the mat and was like, which hand you roll with? <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> um, was Ja Rule ever in movies? I feel like he was, but I can't remember. That's in the Furious. Okay, right, right. I want to say he's in one of those I Know What You Did Last Summer style horrors as well. Okay. Let me, let me look up Jeffrey Atkins movies. You said Jeffrey Atkins. <laughs> yeah, my father refused to call him Ja Rule. He calls that nigga Jeffrey every time. <laughs> That's like know. me... That's like me calling common Lonnie every time I talk. About yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, he bro. was in the cookout. He was in the cookout. Wow. Supposedly he was in Shall We Dance. I don't remember, but he was in there somewhere. Assault Wait a minute. 13. Right. Okay. So scary movie three. Scary Sorry, movie what? three. I don't remember him in there, but he was in there supposedly. He was because like because like there's a scene that happens in the White House and he's one of the security guards. I remember I saw yes. the movie. I saw the movie with somebody and I was like, is that like, like, like the when it came out? And I was like, is that Ja Rule? And they were like, no, that's not Ja Rule. So that was I don't remember who it was. Whoever you are, that was fucking Ja Rule. I it knew ja it. Rule. I knew it. I knew it. Like, <laughs> no, me. <laughs> so, no, that's me all uh, day, bro. I'll be. I was watching Snoop Dogg's like Netflix comedy special the other day, and this is a nigga sitting on the end of the couch of Snoop Dogg's couch. And the whole yeah. time I was certain it was Diddy. I'm like, they, why don't they keep? Why they never pan the camera to Diddy? You see him over there because you see him in the cut in the corner, but you don't yeah. see him when they when they cut the Snoop Dogg. They never show that end of the couch. So I'm like, how come they never cut to Diddy? And then they cut to him one time. I'm like, that is not Diddy. That is a <laughs> Nigerian dude, for sure. <laughs> <I'm> not even. <laughs> Like Roy Wood Jr., it was not Diddy at all. I was like, I'm fucking up. But no, yeah, that was Ja Rule. And also, when you said Ja Rule, when I seen Ja Rule Scary Movie Three, I just thought about the uh, the Eight Mile parody scene. Right. That nigga put that champion hood on and said, "Oh, that <laughs> shit was crazy." He said, "Yeah, we're in the hood now." That movie is we're so fucking wild, bro. They, they booted his ass out. That shit was so funny. I love Scary Movie Three. I love uh I love the first three scary movies. They're they're, they're all so dumb, but they're all so great. Scary like, movie two is like I think like a generational talent as far as like because I love comedy horror. Comedy horror is a genre that I really actually favor. Movies like a uh, Club Dread. Oh Idle man, Hands. I love Idle Hands. Um, the scary movies like I love a good. It's not too scary. It's not too stupid. It's right in that middle. So that's why I like Scary Movie 3, but Scary Movie 2 was like, that shit felt like a movie for real. Like, mm-hmm. despite it being stupid, it still was like, this is good. I mean, yeah, it was stupid as fuck, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the basketball like, scene, the Nike basketball scene, that's come the best. Come on, man. In a scary movie, it should be an award, best scene in a scary movie all time. <laughs> Nike basketball commercial. For sure. And like, it, and like it's crazy because like the whole idea of scary movie shouldn't have worked the way it did but like because like because like it's a parody of a parody and like Mm. that should be the most insufferable thing on planet earth 
but mm-hmm. but 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 like he, but but like the first I don't um, um I don't know if the Wayans had much to do with the movies after the second two but the um after the first two but like that was Keenan Ivory Wayans like that was his thing mm-hmm. which I like all Wayans, and then it was out of their hands from three on I always I forget that I saw a little bit of four I think because Matt, the, I've seen like the Mac and Snoop scenes. Right. Damn it only. Like I kind of fast forwarded through the movie and watched just the Mac and Snoop scenes and then watched <laughs> the movie. And then for whatever reason, I put Scary Movie 5 on my list on Hulu the other day because I was like, I never seen it. What if it's funny? You know what I'm saying? I literally never even looked at the cast. So I'm like, I'm going to see what right. it's talking about. See, oh, I don't even I don't remember if I saw Scary Movie 5. Maybe I did. I definitely saw four because I remember I remember the um there's a scene with uh, Charlie Sheen, like right at that point where he was like, like the whole winning Coke um, uh, shit that happened. Like it, it, it was, it, it was like right when he became a meme, like right when like becoming a meme was a thing that could happen. Like they got him in the movie. It was uh, like, like, I was actually kind of like surprised at how they managed to do it so quickly. But like, I only really remember parody movies, by the way, is fast media. Fast Media made parody movies about parodying things that are happening today instead of just parodying the movie that you're trying right. to parody or the thing that you're trying to parody. Instead, it became like, what latest topics can we add in? And they did that in the first two scary movies as well, but they were a lot less forced. Like the Nike basketball scene isn't like forced down your throat the way they like when in the movie, epic movie, they forced like uh, fake Kim Kardashian into the whole film like in a way yeah. that just doesn't really make sense to the movie like this so fast media for sure ruined uh the parody film i think oh man yeah yeah like this <laughs> like and, and, and also like all those other like like epic movie and date movie like none of none mm. of those none of those hit the same like exactly. they tried and it just yeah. does that yeah yeah and i saw and like and like y'all are gonna judge me for this i saw every single one of them shits in the theater Every single one of them. Yeah, please be ashamed of me. <laughs> like, I, I even yo, I made me and me, me and me and like me and like a grip of my friends. We all went to go see Meet the Spartans when that came out, and that Method Man was in that shit. One. That might be the worst one of all. It's of the worst them. one. I yeah, promise, it's the worst yeah. one. I've seen it. It's really bad. It's oh, really. Bad. Some of them were okay. Year one was okay. I don't remember but year you- one. It's a uh, Michael Sarah and Jack Black. Oh right, okay, I got it. Start from the beginning of time. That one, but again, not topical. Why it was decent? Yeah, right. But, yeah, know, still kind of whack, but it was decent. It was way better than you know disaster movie. <laughs> right, and it wasn't, and it and it wasn't one of those like it wasn't one of those that was done by the um because I think uh I think like the like the major push for those was like it was done by two of the six writers a scary movie like they had nothing to do with that and that was just like a yeah like parody movies aren't really like like parody movies aren't a thing anymore mm-hmm. and i and, and and you're like i kind of get why you parody know like are just tiktoks now exactly yeah no exactly. reason to make you could make a 70 second parody movie that's perfect <laughs> like you right don't need to make a, a millions of dollars production anymore like we're doing it on our phones now right you know it's but at it, the same time like you miss it like and they're still doing kind of like they did um what's that movie a haunted house and like meet the blacks and stuff like that like right. those are always going to be decent because you know black people are involved so yeah at the base of it where it's at least going to be funny <laughs> right you know what i'm saying it's not just like a, a cut and dry 
you know, it, from today jokes. Like these people have humor in the bones. You know what I'm saying? When right. they write movies, Cat Williams and them, even Carlos. My gaps, like, yeah. Whoever gets involved, it's gonna be fire, bro. Every time. That's why all the shows be classics, but like, don't nobody realize it till six years later. Black Jesus, Boondocks, yep. Black Dynamite, yep. uh, Southside, Sherman, Gerard, Gerard Carmichael. Yeah. Oh, so like everything is yeah. Lucas Brothers moving code. These are classics, bro. These are classic TV shows. And they will yeah. be recognized as that later, but they're classics right now. Bro, Southside is maybe the most I've laughed at a TV show in like five years. That shit. Have you seen the, Showcase? No, not yet. I've been meaning to too. You gotta watch Sherman Showcase, my boy. That it's a parody show of Soul Train. Yeah. It's just a Soul Train parody, but it's every era of music and it's very black like it's very black like there's an, a, a sketch about mary j blige from when she made don't need no hateration holleration and the sketch is essentially when she makes that song people stop liking her because they only like her when she's sad yeah. so like she comes out and does that song live and everybody's like yeah i mean and then she gets bummed out and starts singing a sad song and everybody's like hey <laughs> <laughs> And then there's um, Motown's Eleven. They got like Smokey Robinson and like David Ruffin and like Gladys Knight planning a, a heist on Barry Gordy to get back their royalties. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing show, bro. That's so tight. I was because um um I was interested in trying it out because fucking um Fonte and Zoe did a lot of the music for it. You know, shout out mm-hmm. to Fonte always. But like, but um I yeah I learned that um I forget um I forget the guy's name who created Southside who plays um. Uh, one of the one of the cops on the show, but like Rashid, yeah, Rashid Salahuddin. Right, he's he's yeah. he's he's hilarious. I love his writing, and he's mm-hmm. so he's so goddamn funny on Southside too. And like he and um um um, I'm already forgetting the cops' names. It was Officer fucking oh no, Good Night. It was Good Night and uh, I can't remember Jody's name. Hermina. Right, but she they're married. In real they're life, married. They're in real life. They're married. I hate to know that because of how mean she is to him in that show. That shit's <laughs> crazy. She is a beast in that show, bro. Yeah, for real. But it makes so much sense. Like, their chemistry yeah. works because they're married, you know? Like, what's his name? Crazy. I think Charlie Day is married to the waitress in Always Sunny. And I'm pretty sure Rob McElhaney is married to D, if I'm not mistaken, on Always Sunny as well. Really? Pretty sure. Wow. Yeah, they I mean, they keep it all right there when they do these shows and movies, like right at the house. Um, I fuck with that. That's really cute. I like. Yeah, that. no, Bashir uh, Langston is a homie of mine. I did his podcast recently, Langston Kerman, and hey. he wrote on. Yeah, I think he writes on Southside, and I'm pretty sure. I know he writes on Sherman Showcase, and he's on there. And then they did Bust Down. I don't know if you've seen Bust Down yet. I've seen Bust Down. Yeah. Yeah, Bust Down too. So. We um he has a podcast called My Mama Told Me. I did, jumped on that the other day, and like he's had all of those people on there too. Everybody who's in that Southside group. So I'm I want to lock in with. I'm trying to finesse locking into that Chicago group somehow. And like Come on, being part of that, you know what I'm saying? Like I followed me and Will, uh, Will Miles and and um and Langston and like Sam J. Like we all follow each other. So if I can just like keep my comedy shit together and break in and write a show, that's the move. Oh. Come on, yeah, we need that for you. You already, you already sent me the fucking screenplay you had, so yeah. Yeah, I'm mad. Somebody they got a show on FX very similar to my restaurant show. Now I'm tight, but it's my fault too. (laughs) (laughs) I got like four more stupid ass ideas that will probably get used up before I pitch them. (laughs) Come on, man. Nah, I know you got it. (laughs) Um, 
wow, this is this has already been so crazy. But like you already you already gave me a pretty early memory. But like was but but like, are there any other earlier memories you have of like your first experiences at the movies? Like it could be at the theater. It could be at your cousin house. Wherever no, the fuck. I definitely have a, <laughs> a few of them. Um, I know my first movie I remember going to in a theater, we saw The Mummy or The Mummy Returns, one of those two. And I fell asleep before I ever saw a mummy. And I was pissed because I woke up and the movie was over and I started crying because I was like, bro, I wasted like a whole night at the movies sleeping. And now I'm about to go home and I got to go back to bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was depressing as hell, bro. I didn't do shit. <laughs> like, so that was a terrible experience. I was a third wheel in middle school um, to see The Hangover. Oh, uh, shit. That, that was both like, it was crazy because I'm like, I'm witnessing the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. But also two of my close friends are making out a foot away from my fucking head. <laughs> it, was a, it was such a divisive experience. <laughs> so uh, that sucked. Me and one of my homeboys, uh, we were in like fifth grade. We were too young to go to movies on our own. And his sister, his older sister brought us. And she brought us to see Happy Feet, which we were pissed about. So we were bad as shit the whole movie. Um, we asked this couple, like sitting next to us, grown ass couple, no kid, weird as hell um for their popcorn <laughs> we were just like can we have your popcorn and they were like and gave us the popcorn and then we started eating it they put m&ms in there which we thought was like fucking roofies at first because it's just like what the hell? <laughs> just random shit in the popcorn and then we started throwing popcorn at people in the theater because we just were not happy to be seeing happy feet <laughs> like we wanted to go see a grown-up movie so happy feet on the middle of the week man man so that's just a few of many stupid ass experiences. I was supposed to go see Mission Impossible with my dad on my birthday one year. And yeah. instead we went to see Silent Hill because there wasn't another Mission Impossible showing for like two hours. And he didn't know what Silent Hill was. I only knew it as the video game. Right. And every five minutes he was like, this is what you wanted to see? <laughs> <laughs> he still brings it up. He's like, you remember you took me to see that movie? We could have seen his Mission Impossible instead. Bro, that, that wasn't your fault, though. <laughs> like, it was. It was. Why? Why was it we your fault? Have, we could have waited. It was like 4 p.m. We could have like went and did something, came back. Oh, My okay. brain wasn't thinking that way. My brain was like, we need to see a movie now because we in here. <laughs> I feel you. Yo, you just you just unlocked a crazy fucking memory. So um, me, it was me, my dad, and my sister. I love you, Joe. Um, we went, like, I wanted to... So it was the year the Yu-Gi-Oh movie came out. Remember, remember, remember the first Yu-Gi-Oh movie? Yes. That came yeah. with the cards and shit. Yeah. So um, I, I think I had already seen it. I, uh, I had either not seen it yet or I'd seen it like two or three times because I, I wanted to get all the cards. So um, I so like I wanted to go see it either for the first time or for like the second or third time or whatever. But mm -hmm. my sister and my dad wanted to go see the Alexa Vega movie Sleepover. You remember the movie where like they all they were all at the all at the crib and Steve yep. Carell was the dad and yeah so yep. like so like they so like I was forced to go see Sleepover because he wouldn't let me go see a movie by myself. I hated that so, shit. Like, so leave me at the house if y'all not about to see nothing good. The the good the lucky thing is I got young, ignorant ass parents. They took me to see whatever they was going to see. If they going to see it, I'm going to see. It. I'm about to leave. About to leave me nowhere, and they weren't about to leave me with nobody else. So right they just hit me with this cover your eyes every time some crazy shit get on the screen 
And whatever you hear, you heard it. So, <laughs> so don't repeat that shit at school. That's right. what having young parents to do for you. You know what I'm saying? And also sleeping in places that be so small, you can't, like, we all watching this together. Like, if you watching it, I'm here, I'm watching it. Yeah. I remember that one time they was watching a movie and I was supposed to be asleep. So they just told me to turn around. But, like, the window was right there. So I watched, like, the whole movie via the window. I think it was Double Take, Orlando Jones and uh, Eddie Griffin. I watched all That's a throwback shit. Via a reflection and, like, caught it, like, well. And now, to this day, like, I could watch... Like these paintings, my TV's right across from them, and I'll be sitting yeah. at the counter and I'll watch TV looking at these because I don't want to turn the other way. Like I'm very good at reflections now because of this. <laughs> I mean, that's a skill, honestly. I like, feel like a- fucking Jason Bourne with my like reflection niceness. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I can come, I can go stand on one end of my crib and see who outside. <laughs> like, <I'll> that's <laughs> that shit is so crazy. <laughs> like just do like just like sorry what no i just do one of these just to lean back and look see everything <laughs> right Rise, like daredevil in here <laughs> it's so crazy the way that like that like random shit you do as a little kid that you don't like imagine is gonna like affect your life when you get older it's just like that's just like that's just what you do now and that's yeah. crazy you don't even think about it like yeah. that's nuts stuff and be like oh i can see the like i look at my microwave and be like somebody outside that's so tight (laughs) um so as so like as you got older and you started to like experience more and more film and shit like what was the uh what like was there a movie that kind of made you like not even fall in love with movies but just like something that grabbed you more more than just like a piece of entertainment something that just that, that that was just like oh like this is like this is making me think about this movie in some sort of different way like whether it's like artful or funny or whatever the fuck. Or yeah, I got like three, two, two or three movies early that did that for me. One for sure was Do the Right Thing. Uh-huh. That immediately gave me outlook on the world that I did not have two hours before it started. Um, and I watched that when I was in like eighth grade. And me so too. A Crazy. little early for some people. But for me, I felt like it was the perfect time because like it gave me questions you know what i'm saying and it gave me like kind of like a, a angst towards authority that i think some people get too late in life that i was glad i got it like you know nice and early like when i see when i see them people in charge knowing like they're not always looking out for me um and shit like that so that changed my life for sure i'd stayed home from school uh and like probably fake sick or some shit and then my mom left and i went in her room and put the tv on and do the right thing came on and i watched that whole shit and was like man <laughs> Like, this is amazing. This movie's funny. This movie's deep. Like, I, I became an immediate huge Spike Lee fan. And it's still probably my favorite movie. And then my dad, when I was a sophomore in high school, he made a Reservoir Dogs, like, joke. And I didn't get it. And he's like, you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs? And I was like, nah. And he was like, go to my house. Go grab the Reservoir Dogs DVD out the collection. It's unopened, by the way. It's in the plastic. He's like, open it. That's, that's Black Dad shit right there. <laughs> yeah, he was like, open it watch it he's like i feel like i failed you as a parent i'm like you know a sophomore in high school this is like around the time it's legal for me to watch this movie now like this is right. perfect time but he's like you should have been seeing this and so go to the crib put this movie on watch it by myself in the living room and when it's over i watched like the whole credits and was like i don't think i like that very much and i remember i couldn't stop thinking about it 
um, the whole night to like where it got late and I called my dad and I was like, the movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> I was like, that's a good <laughs> movie. And then I got to school the next day and I told my homeboys, yo, Reservoir Dogs, that shit is cold. Y'all need to come to my crib after school and watch that shit. And like three of my homeboys came back with me. We all watched Reservoir Dogs. We started calling ourselves Mr. Pink and Mr. Blonde and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really As one cool. does. So I was like, okay, good shit. And then um, much older, I'm living in Alston with Tim at this time. And I just watched The Usual Suspects for the first time by myself in the crib, Ooh. right? So I'm watching it and it's crazy. This movie's nuts. And we live in this weird ass crib that almost feels like a tree house because we enter from the fire escape and there's a tree up at the top of the fire escape, like face to face. So I'm high up, it's dark out, there's nobody here, Tim is gone. Stiz is supposed to come by. So I'm watching a movie, like halfway through the movie, Stiz comes through, comes in. He's like, why are we watching this, bro? Turn this off, like put some music. I'm like, bro, shh. <laughs> I'm like, just watch, just watch the movie. And we all watched the movie. And at the end of it, we're like, man, that shit was crazy. Like it, Kaiser Soze scared me. Like really scared me. Like the when yeah. Don Nolan shit, it really scared, shook me a little bit inside. Not on like a horror film thing, but on a woo, you never know. And I remember Stiz left, everybody left, and I went to bed and I called my dad and I was like, yo, I can't go to sleep for shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just keep thinking about Kaiser fucking Soze. <laughs> and I'm grown at this point. I'm like 20. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So that's three definite uh like experiences post movie that I was still fucked up by the movie. And I got a bunch more of those, honestly. Like my whole childhood I was forced to watch horror films too young. So those affected <laughs> me forever. I watched Halloween when I was like six. Wow. I had about Michael Myers until I was like fifteen. And then they turned into like I wasn't scared anymore. They turned into funny dreams. But I'd still be having them. I just don't be tripping now. I'm like, it's right. not fucking again. <laughs> <laughs> yo it's just like just just like you just touched on you just touched on so many things i want to follow up on the first the first being that your dad had reservoir dogs and he hadn't taken it out of the fucking packaging because yeah. like because like because like my dad did the same shit he would buy he had like a whole library of dvds that he just never opened and it was like because because when i first saw do the right thing Right. Mm -hmm. It was uh, it was around the same time. Uh, we, um, I might have um, I mean, it might have been a little before you because I think I'm a couple years older than you. But yeah. like but like I went like, like, like I saw it in school and then I went home and saw that he had the DVD copy of it. He had every Spike Lee movie from school days to bamboozled on DVD. None of them have been open. I would be pissed. Like, bro, can we movie marathon this right now? So like so like I opened all of them. And I watched every single one of those movies, like, oh. like damn near front to back. Um, Bamboozle was the hardest one. Uh, that shit hurt to watch. And I've seen it twice and I'll never watch it again. What's wrong with Bamboozle? Is it oh, bad shit. No, 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 no. It's great. E everyone should watch it at least you know once. I'm saying it's but... bad, though. Yeah, like, I'm going to be depressed after. Because I yeah. haven't seen, um, what's the movie? I haven't seen for Colored Girls. For Colored Girls. The they throw the girls out the window. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I haven't seen that. And so I have no qualms with Michael Ealy. And then there's another movie with um my dog Darnell from Girlfriends. Uh, fucking Raheem from Juice. Yeah. It's a, movie, 
there's a movie where he's a piece of shit too. I haven't seen it and I don't plan to because I'm like, if I don't want to ruin my outlook on an actor, I just don't watch movies where they do terrible things. Hmm. So, so like, so like Bamboozle, Bamboozle's a movie about like, so like this, like um one of the, one of the Wayans, um, one of the Wayans dudes, he's working at a TV station and he's trying to get fired. So he like deliberately pitches the most like racist, stereotypical fucking show imaginable and of course the network fucking green lights it and it's like um they get two they get two uh performers it's it's like a it's it's literally a minstrel show they get like these two black dudes to put on blackface and the show becomes a fucking like nationwide success it's like they get like the roots to be their backing band most deaf is in it and he's a part of this (laughs) yeah 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 he's a part of this he's a part of this crew called um uh, the Mau Mau's. He's a part of this crew called the Mau Mau's who are like who, who who are like the deep down to earth Pan-Africanist dudes who like want to fucking like take the show out. And there's like a member, there's a member of the Mau Mau's. Um, um, he's like a white dude, but his name is one eighth black because he always claims he's one. It's 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 one of those movies, but it's like okay. it's just so like but but like so it's like a Spike Lee minstrel show acid trip. Yeah, but it's also just like real, just like he gets real heavy with like the, this is the history of blackface. Like it's all like, like he does the Spike Lee history lesson. So I gotta like watch it then. I gotta watch, watch it then to fulfill my blackness. I need to watch it and okay, for sure. It, it It's a lot. The first time I watched it, I literally had to take an intermission. There's no intermission in it. I had to pause it for 20 minutes and like catch my breath. Like it's just, it, it's, it's real. It's, That's it's, how I felt about Detroit. I don't know if you watched that movie, Detroit. Oh, the um, the John Boyega one where he's the cop. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably never watch that again. Yeah, and I'm homies <laughs> with um Will Polte, one of the uh one of the racist ass cops in that movie, is one of the homies. That shit was tough, bro. Wow. I that shit with my girl, like, yeah, that's the homie. I mean, I don't know him, know him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the nigga like that. You know, what I'm saying I met him a couple times, but you know, that's him. <laughs> right, bro. That's that shit is rough. Uh I don't know. I don't know if Detroit is as rough as bamboozled is, but it's like huh. it, it's like it's it's just it just hurt, man. And like I watched it again years later and I was like, yep, I saw it twice. I'm cool off this. I don't need you to do did. this again. You brave. Like, you entered back into a pool of trauma real fast. That's crazy. I, di- I didn't I didn't have a choice because I was watching it for a class in college. Oh, you so, watched it already. Oh, you had to sit through it. Yeah. So like, I've seen this. I'm out of here. Oh, y'all so, let me know what y'all think. Honestly, that's the only reason I stayed behind to watch it because I was maybe like one of two black people in that whole class. And I wanted to see exactly like, yep. like you watch that movie and you tell me how you would expect a, a room of white people to react to that movie. Right. Right. So like, so it's like tough, bro. I'm a piece of shit in the sense that like, I would have caused some, I would have put some trouble up in there, bro. I used to yeah. cause trouble when I went to, uh, when I was in high school as a freshman, when they did the pledge of allegiance, me and my homeboys used to do this and we would get in trouble <laughs> every time they'd be like, stop. And I'm like, what you mean? This is how I feel. <laughs> like, and this is way before Colin Kaepernick. You know what I'm saying? We was taking a stand, right. together, you know. And we used to get in trouble for this shit every time. And then they'd be like, hand on the chest, and we'd, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not like that. And then they would just make us sit down. They'd be like, sit down if you know. Yeah. All right, because I'm not doing this shit every time. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'll- I'm not touching to nothing. I want to say I want to say I did that. Uh, I can't remember when, so I don't want to. 
like I have a memory of either me or somebody I know doing that too. And like I'm like 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 I think as I got older, I might have done it once, but I can't tell the story because I don't remember. But like I watched Bamboozled and what and there was somebody sitting in front of me in the class after the movie was over. She had written like hella notes in her book. And the first thing that I saw her wrote, she wrote two words in all caps with four exclamation points at the end. This movie is too loud. Nice, thank you. No, 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 no. My fault, my fault. Too angry. She said it was too angry. Still bad. I think people need to carry around tomatoes because I threaten all the time. I always say I'd have thrown a tomato at that nigga if I was there. But don't right? have a tomato for when it's time for because if I was there, I'd have thrown a tomato at that nigga for sure. But if I didn't have one, I might have threw my shoe. Like, bro, <laughs> I can't deal with that. No, I uh we we I was we was very early challenging that shit. And when we had to watch some racist shit, boy, we were staring at the white people crazy. Like we had to watch Glory in school, uh fucking um what else we had to watch? We had to watch a few slave ass movies, and we definitely used to just give niggas the death stare. <laughs> meanwhile meanwhile we did have one white homeboy who made like uh, a racist ass joke in history one day because they put like some aunt jemima ass picture up yeah he did some shit it was just so funny bro like i think i like literally hit the floor laughing like and i felt so bad i'm like i ain't even supposed to be laughing at shit like this they're looking at me crazy right now up top <laughs> looking at me nuts in the sky like this <laughs> That shit is fucking crazy. You're trying to like, forgive just... myself for my young dumb shit that I did. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. You know, we were we were we we were young and dumb, and we can leave it there and we can move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> for, for real. Like, so like for you, like so, so like as you kind of grew up and started to like find yourself a little more, like, what about music? When did music first come into your life? And like how did you first fall in love with it? I was like not forced to make music. I was forced to rap though. I started, I was in an after school program that gave us a bunch of elective options. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just chose to go with the one that gave me access to a laptop and a, a beat making software, which was reason at the time. Right. Um, but they were also like, you can write and record in here. We just never did. You know, the idea of making beats, I think to everybody was more fun than trying to be actually creative and write. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? Write, <laughs> yeah, write a song and shit. And so we'd spent weeks and weeks making beats and it was a good time. And then towards the end of the year, they told us we had to like make a full song essentially, um, like beats and record. And so I made my beat, I wrote my song. They let me go in the booth. Me and my man's went in the booth same time. He did the ad libs for me while I was rapping and shit. Uh, right. And we made the song, they bounced it on a CD for me took that shit home and I had a record bro like you know what I'm saying it was the worst record of all time but I had a record and uh I think the experience of getting in the booth was like a lot more exciting than the experience of making beats like making beats was cool but like you're just sitting at the computer and you know it's funny I tried to start making beats beginning of the pandemic felt the same way like this is cool right like it's not you know active it's not like it's really stressing my head out to just stare at this computer for this long right I remember <laughs> I remember like, and I can just like imagine things and write them down like that's what I enjoyed doing so same thing when I was a kid I gave up making beats that day and just started writing raps from then on. Cause I'm like, it got beats on the internet. I don't need to make shit. <laughs> and that was the day I was like, yeah, fuck beats. I'm rapping. But I never stopped writing from that day forward. Like I remember I took a trip to Puerto Rico 
the summer after that year and I brought a composition notebook with me and just filled that shit up with raps. I sat at my grandmother's kitchen table, wrote raps all day, every day, because it wasn't shit to do. Like, I I think I went and bought a PS2. My mom sent me a bunch of money to be in Puerto Rico with and I blew it all right. on the PS2 <laughs> so that I could have something to do because it was nothing to do at my grandmother's house. So I was like, I'm going to play PlayStation and I'm going to write raps all summer. We didn't do shit in Puerto Rico. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. It kind of like you... it kind of set the tone for what I would do for a long time. Right. Like <laughs> <laughs> play PlayStation, write raps, bro. That's when did thing. you when did you when did you like start recording those raps? Like like was it all just writing or did it or it was a lot I... of writing for a long time. Basically from like seventh grade to freshman year of high school, I didn't record anything. Um, or I'd done, you know, a little recording here and there, but nothing really. Like, just mm-hmm. bullshit. Like, I don't even think I got to hear those songs after we recorded them. But then I got to high school, and the first day, me and this kid, Alan, bonded over Wiz Khalifa. And yeah. we met in the hallway after class. And essentially, he told me his cousin was an engineer, and he's in a rap group with another engineer. So we had places to go record if I got down. So I'm with the group now. We in a crew or whatever. One of them little, they danced. They did the jerking thing, too. I didn't do that shit. But I wanted to rap. Jerkin niggas was rapping. So I'm like, hey, we could go do that. And so we rapped on a bunch of Lil Wayne beats, you know, six foot, seven foot tight beats <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> and uh, those were some of my first recordings. And then also at my school freshman year, my chemistry teacher is Asian dude, Mr. Flowers. No, nah, it was some cool shit like Mr. Flowers, but it wasn't Mr. Flowers. He was a chemistry teacher. And he yeah. had a chemistry closet that looked like Professor Snape's. Uh, potions room and he let us use audacity on the laptops and he had little blue uh, snowball microphones for every table in his class so during lunch he let me come in and record raps in his chemistry closet uh, mm-hmm. if I was like I'll skip lunch and just go rap so I was rapping on like Jay Electronica beats at that point <laughs> like shit like that I remember one of my boys came in the closet and was like yo you should tone it down it sound hella aggressive in here. <laughs> it's how it's supposed to feel. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, yeah, so I did that shit kind of early. It's just sad. I, t- I think about it all the time. Like, if I was as good at rapping as I am right now, in, like, any point before I was 20, out of here. Like, especially if it was closer when I was in seventh grade, bro, I'd have been bigger than Bow Wow for sure. No question. <laughs> <laughs> no question. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like you would have had to let me hold you in you. I feel like you know what's funny on my first mixtape that's no longer uh, public mm-hmm. uh, ever when I was a teenager in high school and shit. Yeah, my uncle I recorded in his basement. This is when I was like a sophomore in high school, and he would always just let his computer record everything in the room, and then mm-hmm. use that stuff for like sketches and stuff on the albums or whatever we were working on. Because him, everybody in my family raps and shit. Everybody got tapes, everybody got music, collaborations, the whole nine. So he would use the like shit he recorded while we'd be sitting there talking shit and throw that on there. So when I had all my songs ready, he had put a sketch before me and this, uh, me and my cousin song that we made. And it was like before his part, they were telling him about what he needs to do to lock in. And then before my part, it was like, they were telling me, we need you, you good at rapping, but we need to make some hits. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about making hits. And they're like, you know, you know what I'm saying? You don't give a fuck. Like, Bow Wow make hits. I was like, fuck Bow Wow. And they was like, you don't like Bow Wow? That's Mr. 106 in Park. I was like, I don't give a fuck about being Mr. 106 in Park. 
and then my verse starts and they recorded that i didn't say that shit on record i was actually just wow. talking to they used that shit so they <laughs> i was probably wouldn't have had to let me hold you i was very anti-popular <laughs> like i was Damn. against anything people liked at this point in my life which is crazy to be an artist and not want people to like nothing but you <laughs> right it's kind of crazy because i almost wish i am like i almost wish this new project started with you just being like i'm not fucking mr 106 in park like that that yeah. like that would be yeah. like like that would honestly be like a great michael christmas drop like if you could like find that you should like work that back don't let me it. tell you what i got it do. for sure <laughs> i got it for sure the, the the tape is on soundcloud privately it's just i'm just not gonna make it public <laughs> i feel you yeah i feel you <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I get it. There's plenty. There's plenty of writing I got too that I don't want anybody to see. Yeah, fuck that, all that. I yeah, got two yeah. projects pre is this art that I just erased from Earth. <laughs> they erased, and some people still got them. They hold them over my head like blackmail. It's cool. Fuck uh-uh. <laughs> hey man, some of those, some of those, some of those, uh, some of those early, some of those early childhood moments you got to pay for at some point. You know, yeah, some- my dad maintains that one of the songs on my second deleted from life project is his favorite song that I've made. And he doesn't realize it's offensive to me now because of how significantly I've improved at making music that mm-hmm. he likes the shitty song from when I was 19. <laughs> this song sucks. Like I have a lot of good albums, bro. This song sucks. <laughs> like, it's cool. <laughs> Like, I feel like I have a bunch of good music now. Confidently, I can say that. Stop listening to that shit. You're going to let somebody else listen to it. They're going to hear what I sounded like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> parent, par- parents are like that, though. They'll do that to you. Like, my my dad my dad loves old shit that me and my sisters have done. And we're just like, nah, like, please. Like, I've done I've done yeah. so much better than that. Like, You'd please like stop. a best-selling author. And they're like, you know what my favorite thing you've ever written is? That card you gave me when you was in second grade. <laughs> I ain't said shit on that card. <laughs> right. 300 pages of book right there for you to read. He references <laughs> um he re- he references this one poem I wrote in like third grade. See? Like next to next to next to like ne- next to like stuff that like you know like I've like I fucking I fucking interviewed Sean Paul last year and he's just like I still right, remember that one time we, bro, you write. Like, <laughs> he's, he said he said he's like I remember that one time you wrote about how like you thought the trees were as green as sun's like dad like you, you want stop. to dumb me back down to your childhood like stop that shit i'm grown now fuck oh we stop love we love you all though. the time that like, shit no, is funny as hell i'm falling into your trap anymore i'm grown <laughs> god damn um so as you get older and you start experiencing rapid film together the way you have was there ever like was there a moment um when you consciously linked the two of them together as like two things that complement each other like how like a how how, how like a movie can complement music and vice versa what it really is is i don't be doing nothing uh at all so all yeah. of my like you know life shit is like my life hardships and things i don't like plus movie references and sports references and other things I do like a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like this. Yeah. This, I spent like, especially in my childhood, I spent a lot of time dissecting and watching movies like that. So it's always been supposed to be together. You know what I'm saying? Because I think for a lot of people, they think about different things when they make music than what I think about. Like to this day and since the beginning of my time making music, rap to me has been like a reference sport 
Um, and yeah. that's not just the lyrics. That's the idea. That's the, you know what I'm saying? We sample every, everything is referenced. So like even tonight, I'm dropping Christmas of Six. Christmas mm-hmm. of Six is an homage to the 2004, three through five basketball time period, the and one, the young LeBron James, the baggy, stupid ass clothes, rims. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, I was trying to capture that feeling like on that project. I have a project called, um, called Drunk at the Comedy Show that is, or yeah, Drunk at the Comedy Show that's going to come out whenever the fuck with Jansport J and every song is named after a comedian and references the jokes and things that they've said throughout their time. So like, that's the whole thing is, you know, reference. What is this about? You know what I'm saying? Even if it's about something that doesn't exist yet, there's still going to be some callback to it. Like I have another project called The Last Nigga on Earth that's going to reference all of my favorite apocalyptic moments in history. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's all, it's a reference sport to me. And I know a lot of people don't think about it like that, but it's a lot like comedy in the way that, I was describing this the other day. I've been watching a lot of Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac is the best, right? Yeah, the best. And I was talking about Dave Chappelle's stand-up as of recent and how I don't think he's creating as many stories in his stand-up, like out of thin air, as when he was younger in his first couple of specials when that's all he was doing. And I was like, everybody's nice. Bernie Mac's the best comedian ever. Nobody creates a story out of thin air like Dave Chappelle does. And what I mean is takes an idea, like when Bernie Mac comes up, he's like, you know, you be in church. You know, you got some badass kids. You know, these are things we know. Dave Chappelle comes up and introduces what ifs, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's something that he hasn't been doing, but I think that he's the best at that. And so I think it's two different ways to play the game in hip hop too. You can be like direct and like Tupac, you know what I'm saying? There's not going to be a lot of metaphors in this. I'm going to tell you all about what I'm looking at. And then there's the storytellers that are just like from here to here this never happened low key but i can paint that for you or from here to here this happened but i can make it even crazier by adding elements to it like painting a picture like lyricism shit like that that we would see it from a biggie or from a buster rhymes you know what i'm saying so i think for me reference has always been a thing that i've wanted to follow my favorite rappers were the best at that shit too because like even when i was young extra bronson was the best, like acid rap uh, chance, the best. You know what I'm saying? These yeah, yeah, yeah. best rappers alive at the time, I think, um, just before I was able to start doing my thing. Right. And now, like all, and, and just like all of them were just like their reference game was always top notch. And I feel like, I feel like, I feel like uh, there was a time where people kind of saw like using references in raps or, or, or like maybe like not using references, but just like, it almost just feels like people kind of look down on that sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird because it's like, like I feel like it's because people think it's easy or it's just like, or, or it's just like reaching for low hanging fruit, but yeah. I don't think it is. And it's no. just like, it's like, cause, cause, cause like when it comes to writing, there's a lot of, like a lot of editors will tell you, a lot of editors will tell you to like, not necessarily like, draw direct parallels between things sometimes depending on the thing because like you want to be able to speak about something on its own terms but like sometimes that's sometimes that's the best way to show how something works on its own 
you know, yeah. and like, and, and just like recontextualize it. And that's one of the things I love about your music. That's one mm-hmm. of the things I love about Doom's music. That's one of the things I love about Babytron's music. That's yeah. one of the things I love about, like, there's so many rappers I could sit Baby here. Tron like, so hard, bro. <laughs> Babytron might be top five out for me right now. He's I'm not gonna hold incredible. You, I wish <laughs> Miles Bridges made the freshman list, bro. I'm not going to lie. That would have been was, iconic and huge. He goes. NBA player made the freshman list crazy bro he's, he's like, one of my favorite rappers legitimately right now for sure that project he put out last year mm-hmm. went stupid like i'll just be in the house doing <laughs> stupid ass answers to, to to an nba player bro like that's crazy yeah. to me because i'm like you know damian lillard is awful at rapping to me like i really think yeah me me and some constituents of mine across the globe agree too so i'm not alone in this he's terrible <laughs> but <laughs> miles bridges Excellent artist, excellent, yeah. excellent artist. He's got a fallback from Aces, bro. He's so <laughs> good. Like my, uh, my young boy, who was my tour photographer on the role model tour, uh, is actually shooting like a lot of photos for him now and hanging out with him. And it's mad funny because this dude is very little and quiet, but like he looks yeah. like he's turned up when he's with them niggas. I like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but not as oh. far as the reference shit goes, like it's. I think people are starting to kind of look down on hip hop as a whole um, in the pure form. Um, I think that there's like like this kind of culture of like rich nigga culture versus like actual like rap culture where it's like we literally rap, but we don't like rappers nor saying that we rap. And then there's like we rap and we're proud of it and we're proud of how good we are at it and we enjoy the history of it. And there's like weird disconnects in there because like, it's like, yeah, we don't like rappers, nor do we uh, call ourselves rappers, even though we rap and make a lot of money off rapping. But when the OGs come around, we still fuck with the OGs for sure and respect them for what they've done for this rap game that we don't give a fuck about at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, all, it's weird. It's a very fickle ecosystem in hip hop. So you just got to kind of like have your opinion and be strong within it. I don't give a fuck what nobody think about any kind of rap. I'm going to make what I like. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting right. you see, I got a bucket head on right now, bro. I'm getting older, bro. I don't even give a fuck now. <laughs> You're on your Q shit, bro. You're on you know your Q shit. No, I'm on my fat boys shit right now, bro. I'm on my Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. I just want to host All right. Something. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on now. <laughs> that shit is so funny. I was just talking to, I was just talking to my niece, Ayana, um, a couple, um, I was talking to my dad and my niece about this a couple days ago. Cause um, we were talking about bucket hats and like the fact that like they're popular again. And I was like, yeah, yep. like people like bu- bucket hats are like a thing again. Like they were like, like Ayana and I both agree. I, I like, I don't know if you're listening Yanni, but I love you. Um, <laughs> we were talking like, it's just like, yeah, like they, like they were like really crazy around like, the early 2010s and then they stopped for like five years mm-hmm. but like now we're like back at the point where like bucket hats are in again and i'm cool with that i don't own any i might fuck around and go buy one if i find a cool color yeah, but like cool shout out to bucket hats man like it's, i'll say it's, this everything starts with niggas and ends when not cool not niggas start doing it so like the bucket yeah. hats was cool bro until you start going to a chance concert and there's a hundred thousand pale bucket hat wearing motherfuckers <laughs> yeah and, and you and you were there so you know yeah, and you right? and you the nigga in the crowd with the bucket hat looking to your left and your right like it's like well this is over like i feel like that's why schoolboy q stuff 
because everybody around started looking like him. He's like, well, now I can't. I'm just get my hair cut. <laughs> right. Yeah. Wear dad hats or some golf hats, whatever. Yeah. And then and then he literally picked up golf, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, like, you know, like what rappers, what other rappers are playing? Oh, well, Gib, uh, Freddie Gibbs was on Instagram playing golf with his manager like two days yeah. ago. But other than yeah. that, like like Schoolboy Q is like the golf rapper. Like, mm-hmm. that's crazy. We have a golf rapper. We have a golf bro. rapper. Like a nice we have a one, golf bro. rapper. Uh, yeah, like NBA playable golf rapper, bro. And Bronson's the UFC rapper. Right, Bronson's the UFC and and, and the chef rapper. But like, there's and also the chef, chef rapper. rappers. But like, yeah, there's a few chef rappers. I, I don't know if I'll give yeah. him the chef rapper. I guess I will because yeah. he's the only one with like a successful cooking show. So yeah, and he hasn't yeah. actually had an MMA fight yet. But he right. does. But Schoolboy actually competes at golf, so maybe yeah. he's not the MMA rapper yet. And he was on, um, I mean, Q was on the fucking, uh, he did a, like a Nike commercial for like golf. Like he did some commercial for some sport brand, like with regards to, ho- um, to I almost said hockey, uh, golf. But like, yo, like that's, you know, like, like Q, Q made golf, but, but you know, like that speaks to your point. Like Q made golf cool for people who like, obviously black people like golf. I yeah. used to like golf. But Uncle like one of the best golfers I've ever seen, bro. Since I was like he's been playing since I was a little, but right. Not everybody else I know nice at golf like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to see somebody with like as big a platform as Schoolboy Q be like, I like golf. I'm gonna go make this my thing now. You know, and like and and like who knows who knows how many like kids to teens to young adults to fucking people older than us from the hood or like oh okay what's this golf shit let me go figure this out you know like i hope that shit is I, tight. I hope i hope he does some shit like go back to the hood and pick kids up and bring them to the golf course that'd be like, tight teach them to play golf that'd be smooth it'd be a good look and you know what i'm saying you never know bro like all it takes is finding a passion about a sport you know what i'm saying we all love hoop because we all see niggas hooping but if we yeah. all see niggas golfing maybe we would look at that shit and be like hey we could golf." you know what i'm saying like yeah. My friends, I want to play football. I hate that people still even let their kids play football. Like, I want everybody to stop letting their children play and tackle football. Like, yeah, me too. Nobody needs concussions before college, bro. Yeah, for <laughs> real. Like, you know, they like, they could play golf. Like, you have said, there's other sports. <laughs> I, I played I played flag football and flag football was great, you know. Like I was, you know, like, it was cool. But like <laughs> you might catch an injury, you might hurt your ankle or something, but you're good. Like you can get injured doing anything, but you can get CTE playing football. <laughs> yeah. You could hey, tell you, you could tell you could tell all these parents who are letting their kids still play football and never played NBA uh, um, never played uh, NFL Blitz the League. You ever play NFL exactly. Blitz the League? Yeah, exactly. Where you can see bro. the injuries. In his zoom in, it's yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> hurt, bro. I never wanted to yeah. play football. And it, with the the sad thing is, as a child, like playing tackle football always felt like something I didn't want to do. I'm like, I don't feel like getting hit, bro. That shit looks like it hurts. And then you get you soft if you don't want to get hit. And then you get older, these niggas is is brain damaged from getting hit. <laughs> and then you start to think, well. <laughs> Maybe I was going to something with this not right. wanting to get my head over and over thing that right. know, don't seem to comprehend. <laughs> so, <laughs> but at I the same time, I didn't play no soccer, bro. The second somebody headbutt me trying to get to a ball <laughs> in the air, done with the sport. <laughs> right. 
it's it's so funny though because i um um, i have a few homies who play fucking rugby which is like you know like if you're gonna do it like lean into that like shout out to rugby because i love to watch rugby but like i like rugby because it's not with niggas like y'all have fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I knew a, a rugby I went to camp and we had a lot of counselors from the UK we had yeah. a rugby all-star uh in our in our camp like he was one he was one of my counselors and he was like 6'3 he kind of looked like a shaved Hagrid and he was on the all-star team in his uh little area uh, of the UK yeah he, Man, taught us, he tried to teach us rugby we would throw the ball and then not play no more Somebody about to hit me. I'm not about to lock legs with the niggas next to me. No, sir. <laughs> you put your arm up under niggas' nuts. I'm cool, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> man, shout out, shout out, shout out to my boy, Nigel. He's the best. He plays rugby. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Last I heard, he was in New Orleans. But shout out to my nigga, Nigel. I love you. Um, shout out, Nigel. But, yeah, for you, real. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let him know you said that. That's, yeah. that's... And everybody else, everybody else he shouted out. I didn't want to interrupt him, but shout out Ayana and, and Joe and Dad and all the sisters and shit. He done shouted out throughout the show, too. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to them. Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> For real. Um, so I like I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but one of the things I like, another one of the things I love about just like not even just your music, but you is like your videos. Like, I love your videos. They're always just like. Like, even if they're not, like, super outlandish, there's always just something, like, interesting about the video. So it's, like, mm-hmm. a handful of these I want to run through and just, like, know some stories and, like, behind-the-scenes shit for them, if you don't mind too terribly. That's fun. Absolutely. Cool. So the first one I want to start with is um, Not the Only One, which I know is, like, you know, like, there's, like, a whole story in that video. But, like, yeah. where did the idea for the Not the Only One video come from? And, like, what was it? What was it like shooting that? Because it seemed like that was like a day where y'all just oh, yeah, took it was a day. Quick. It was quick, bro. That was a fast video. Um, It was a good time shooting that. The idea was kind of like on some hangover shit. Um, for some reason, I'm obsessed with the idea of waking up and falling asleep in random places in my videos. I think that shit yeah. is so funny and so fun to do for some reason. So I just always do it. I do it a lot. But um, that area, I woke up on that fire escape. I was supposed to actually wake up on that roof and they locked the ladder in like oh. very recently because it wasn't locked like damn near the last time i was there and they locked the ladder so we were like fuck it we're gonna do the fire escape so what we did was we shot the night stuff first the night before yeah. if i'm not mistaken and then the next day we shot all the day stuff um and it was a lot of fun because like the homies were all really smacked like very drunk like the night part where we're all wandering through around Boylston Street and like through the Prudential and the CVS, like the homie yeah. in the beginning who hits the two blunts, he's my roommate at the time. He was very like to the point where we didn't even want him to come because he was taking his car. And we're like, bro, you shouldn't <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? And he still pulled up and just sat in his car getting drunk until we got started shooting again. So he was done for while we were, while we were roaming the street, uh, fucking around. And then like, the scene where I get splashed in the face, like that's the homie uh, who splashed me in the face. She wasn't supposed to be there. We just walked into that bar and we're like, yo, do you want to do a scene in the video? I think it'd be funny if we, you know what I'm saying? That's how I shoot a lot of my videos is go out and be like, you know, it would be funny. Let's do this real quick. And so like the subway scene, like that was, I don't think I wrote that down. I think we just came up with that while we were over by the train station subway. 
and we're like, yo, let's have somebody walk by and like take the sandwich and shit like that. Like, but it was all very fast. It was, um, it was weird changing in the street. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> that was, but the thing is, this is another thing I, I get like naked in the street a lot shooting these videos too. Like a lot, like almost every video where I've had an outfit change, I did not shoot another day. I changed right where I'm standing. <laughs> and then, yeah, especially Paul Wall. Paul Wall, I've never changed more in my life, but not the only one picking up my shit off the street. The other worry was that somebody was going to come by and like take one of my kicks. You know what I'm saying? While I right. was like, around the corner filming, I'm on the trail. You know what I'm saying? So somebody might very yeah. well see my shoes and be like, for sure. And then I'm really fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Because I would have kept filming. <laughs> right because you had yeah 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 because you had the nice ones in that video too i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember those, what you, those were new as hell yeah right i'm like 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 i didn't i um i didn't watch the video before we hopped on because i uh, i can't remember what shoes were you wearing like i remember they were I was nice wearing, uh, some threes. i was wearing some true blue threes right true blue left them bitches on the floor <laughs> i'm literally i'm literally staring at my true blue threes right now they're like on the like the shoe rack on my door yeah. Don't want to lose those, bro. But I Hell was like, no. It's funny. I've done a lot of things in videos for like art that was risky that like could have went way worse and ended up smooth. Like what else? I mean, like I know, I know, I think I might know one of the answers, but um, tell me. In the Paul Wall video, you know that little island I'm standing on um, when I'm wearing the overalls and the water surrounding it? It's like a very small part right after the first hook. Yeah. That wasn't like that when I got over there. So when I went to go stand on that, it was just a little hill and no water around it. And then the tide started rising dumb fast when I got up on top of that shit. So when I finished shooting that scene, there was like probably three feet of water completely surrounding me. So I had to jump down dressed. You know what I'm saying? So I had to roll up my overalls as much as possible, basically jump in the ocean and then walk to the surface. And while I was doing that, the director his tripod was starting to like get water on the bottom of it too. Like it was oh, no. to a, foot, a foot into the water at this point. He's got his legs rolled up uh, on his pants and we're both in the water, like doing this like camera, me, him. And it, it was scary. I got water up my whole back of my body, but didn't like really fuck up my clothes too much, more or less. It like went up into the back of my, like it was a, uh, a Carhartt overall. So like, Water's right. not gonna do shit. <laughs> right, right, right. So we were good with my drawers and shit was wet as hell the whole rest of the day. Shit was like like <laughs> stuff like that. Like Goodwin had me climb up in a tree, like one of those, you know those tree branches that sit like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have you to sit on it. I'm fat as hell at this point, like way bigger even than I am right now. And he had me climb on a tree, rip my fucking pants and everything. And we didn't even use the footage. And I told him, bro, I do not climb no trees. Like, <laughs> I don't climb no goddamn trees, my boy. And then uh, shooting, what's that video? Y'all tripping when they jumped me. <laughs> the homies thought it was funny to really hit me. They was whooping my ass on that side. <laughs> <laughs> Skiz and OG and Tim stomping me out. I was getting the work. That video is so funny too. Just like that was the hardest video I think I've ever shot. That and Who Am I? The hardest videos we've ever done. Like as far as difficulty to shoot for me. Why? Other than other than you getting your ass beat? Why? Why? Why was? Why was? Um. Why was y'all tripping the hardest one? They had me working out in a full sweatsuit in the summer in New York all day, and I'm talking about like, all right, that's how you do some push-ups right here. I know that's how you like do some like attempt at pull-ups on this bar right here. 
and then let's have you do some stupid ass breakdance moves on a train and then like and we walked and took the train everywhere we went while shooting this video so we never stopped going like we just the whole it was probably 13 hour shoot um in new york one day all those damn scenes it was exhausting i hated it and then shooting who am i that was like a three-day shoot and we went to like 3 a.m every day because we pick somebody who actually does like movies to do that video instead of um you know going with like me slash like you know <laughs> uh, somebody with a camera so he had rigs and lights he's putting lights on trees to like have me walk past the tree 50 fucking times to get like a three second shot of me walking past this tree like this is the type of shit we're doing <laughs> and then we had the model pistol it wasn't real it was like an airsoft but it was heavy and we shoot like the pistol whip scene and we shot that like 10 times and then the, the uh clip fell out on one of the uh shots and so he flips the gun and swings it and the clip pops out like this much and it catches me in the eye as he's ah. hard as a bitch bro i thought i was asleep so it hit me i couldn't see shit for a second i'm just face down with my hands on my eyes and all these white men are surrounding me like they just did a murder and they didn't know what to do next like they're just like holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. <laughs> I'm laying there, I can hear him, but like I'm holding my eyes, but I'm like, when I let go, am I going to be able to see? It didn't hurt that bad, but I thought I was just going to be knocked out. And then I got up and the dude who hit me, he's like a real actor. So this nigga start crying and like really like was worried that like he, I'm like, bro, I'm good. Look, it ain't even that bad. And now it looks real. We got something for the video. Can we be done with this scene though? <laughs> Can we do whatever's next? Well, it's like three in the morning in LA which is like a million in the morning east coast <laughs> yeah that was tough they had me running into moving vans and shit like the van was moving they're like try to jump into it like when it slows down I'm like bro what the fuck I look like Jason Statham <laughs> I think this is but the thing is the whole crew was going just as hard nobody was slacking so like that's what made me be like I got to do everything they're doing like if they're up and they're willing to keep going i gotta keep going you know what i'm saying like i can't be like can we pick this up tomorrow y'all are on the clock i'm on the clock so right. it was it was exhausting keeping up with these movie motherfuckers for sure but they were all so nice bro and like extremely sweet um one of the dudes who wasn't even like set to work on the video anymore when i was all wrapped up he like gave me a ride where i was going and told me his whole life story my boy Corey, he's one of my homies now like everybody on that crew is like the homies now for real so that's beautiful they, they did a great job because i really don't like when other people do my videos like that i like to hire one person with a camera and then me and the homies will figure out the rest right <laughs> so, so yeah like fun. that's tight wow <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't know so much effort went into that one and like and like what and like what would you say is the difference between something like that and something like the uh um, the paranoia short film you made for the fucking track from Baggy Eyes One. Like, what was, oh, talk to me about paranoia. <laughs> paranoia was cool. That's kind of in the middle. So, we shot that with Maddie Hamer, and she's a super duper star off top. She works on uh, the new season of Dexter. She's working on a bunch of crazy shit, but she's always been super down to um, work with me on what I got going on and shit because she just likes the, the dumb shit I come up with, super luckily, because she's working on real shit. So every time I reach out, she did the Miro skit for hiding too. Um, right. Every time I reach out, she's always like, let's do it. So when I reached out with the paranoia idea, she thought it was really cool. So she came through and it wasn't like, you know, a long shoot. It was quick. We did that shit hella fast. But like she came through with equipment, you know what I'm saying? Like cool shit. She had lights placed in strategic places. But like I did the, re the directing for all of that. 
so it was fast as hell we were doing quickly it was easy you know what i'm saying when i do the directing for something i see the whole thing already so all we got to do is shoot it typically you know what i'm saying if i'm ready to shoot it that means i've seen it <laughs> like a bunch right. of times already and i'm like it's gonna be all right it'll be fine let's do it so uh with paranoia as well as um the strangers uh, the, the strangers short film i did i she rigged a backpack to my chest and rested this heavy ass camera, like tied the backpack camera together because we didn't have a real chest rig. And that's how we got right. the first person done for that. So when I took the backpack off, there's a giant circle on my chest and it's everything we do. When it's my shit directed, it's DIY as hell. Like when we did Triple H, everywhere we shot, we got kicked out of. Every single, every Hard. single place we saw, we did not have permission to be in. We got kicked out of every place, <laughs> and it was a good time. Even we did have permission to be in the studio, and then we broke a ceiling panel, and they kicked us out too. So mm. <laughs> we weren't supposed to be nowhere. We got it done, and it was fun. That was like a really fun day. OG was really upset. He said I kept hitting him for real. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to sell it, bro. Like, have you never watched wrestling? Right. And on top of that, on top of that, that's payback for him and for, for him and Tim and all of them stomping you out and fucking y'all tripping anyway. So, you know, full circle. They sure did, big heads. They really whooped my ass. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it took uh, a couple of years, but you got him. You got him. <laughs> I don't think I got everybody back yet, but it's still revenge. I'm going to go watch the video and make sure I know who all was there. I can't forget <laughs> Yeah, and then I know Tim was in there too. I'm fucked him up too. Watch. <laughs> Shout out to Tim. Love you, but I guess you got it coming. <laughs> Yo, um, and then the very, very last one I want to talk about before we move on to talk about the project is yeah. um bubbling, which I think might be my yeah. favorite video of yours yeah. ever. Like just like like it's just where did the idea to do all the phone shit come from? Like, talk that to me about bubbling. Whenever I have a video weird as hell like that, like some really like less multimedia video shit, that's a good one. Uh, and Goodwin came up with that one. He was like, let's get three phones and like have one phone be you, one phone be OG, and then one phone be like celebrities. That was the whole video idea. And we were like, right. all right, cool. So we'll just hit up some of the famous homies, see who answers the phone. So it was a very easy video shoot. It was almost like a maybe one hour, but it was a lot of coordination. <clears throat> so we had three people at my crib with Goodwin, and they were the people holding the phones. That was where most of the actual, that was where all the actual video shooting takes place. And so one phone was dedicated to calling celebrities. One phone was dedicating to looking at me. One phone dedicated to looking at OG. So we just reset and shot the same, like jumping up and down Newberry Street, me and OG, like three, four times. And did like one take of us just doing whatever we wanted and like saying what's up to people. And then one more take of like whatever. And then essentially all of the work was making sure everybody answered the phones. That was like the whole thing was making sure all of the celebrity homies answered the phones. And uh, A-Track answered the phone with Zed. And I remember Hi. being so geeked about that. He's like, was that Zed? Do we just have a Zed in the music? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I think so, bro. <laughs> I don't think that's cool. Larry James I, in there, like a bunch of the homies, Silk Money. Yeah. Um, fucking wasn't uh wasn't Trinidad James in it too, or not? Or was that yep. Silk Money? Yeah, yep, that was Trinidad. Okay, and okay. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, because everybody like I'm like, whatever you're doing, it don't matter what it is, just like do it. You know what I'm saying? When you answer the phone and shit, and so. I was super happy. No shirt, braids, gold Darth Vader mask. I'm like, man, this is cool. It looked like I know niggas. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, just like because I remember I remember when that video like it was either it was either right before or right after you went on that tour with Tunji and them and y'all mm-hmm. played the basement of Webster Hall. Yeah. And I brought um I brought my homegirl Jordan to that show. That yeah. was such a fucking good night. And Ooh. just like that and just like that video was like to me, that might be my favorite video you've ever made of all of them. Like it's just it, it's it, it's just like whenever I think of Christmas, it's like this. Like this is Michael Christmas to me. Well, and, I really am happy that I was able to get baggy eyes off the way I did and go on that tour because it felt like a stamp on that era of music that I got to leave. You know what I'm saying? Like made in Tokyo. Uh, yeah. uh, young bands like there's a lot of artists in that 2016 SoundCloud like time and I feel like I was able to transition from the time when I started in and also stamp a piece of me on that time too using Baggy Eyes and using that tour to be like that was a moment because like those are still to this day some of the songs that people like mention like who cares and uh, yep. Intercontinental Champion and yeah, yep. still one of my biggest joints. So like those songs get mentioned a lot uh, when people tell me about my music and shit. So I'm glad I was able to leave like that stamp because 2016 feels like a lot of people's like most important recent hip hop year. Yeah. That time period is like important to everybody. SoundCloud rappers, real rappers, fucking uh, the, the culture. So to be able to leave a little piece of me there that people remember was dope um so that i needed to do that like i remember i didn't tell anybody i was making baggy eyes i didn't tell tim i didn't tell goodwin i didn't tell the homies i went to the studio made all those songs uh i hit up a really crazy amazing artist and he did the artwork and then when i had all of that (laughs) done i showed niggas and was like i'm putting this out set it up (laughs) and And like and like i remember i remember when you put it out because um that well a that was the first time we ever talked and mm-hmm. b um yeah because i was yeah because oh i can tell this story because i've never told this story like this before i used to work at a website i i used to uh, i used to work at a website called watchloud.com that doesn't exist anymore um mm-hmm. unfortunately r.i.p um and we were uh we were working on we were trying to do like fucking video content type shit and i pitched like mm-hmm. a vi- i i pitched a show where i fucking played games and interviewed rappers and you and, 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 and you were one of the and you were the you first person we reached out to yeah you did you did i still i still have some of those clips i gotta ask jerry if he has the rest shout out to jerry but um i gotta so yeah like so like you um moi and um i think og came through uh mm-hmm. and yeah we all just like like i just talked to you about the album and we like we played rocket league Mortal- and rocket league Right. Yeah. And just like that was yeah, like that was just such a like 2016 in particular was just such a such an era, such a moment, such a like wow. <laughs> I think I might have been decent at that Mortal Kombat because I also beat Mikey Rocks at Brighton Music Hall in that same Mortal Kombat before one of his no shows. Shit. The cool, wow. kids came, the cool kids came to Boston and me and OG and my girl went to see them. And we were backstage kicking at them before the show. And Mikey had True Religion jeans on, I think. If it wasn't True Religion jeans, it was a True Religion t-shirt. It was big as fuck. His t-shirt was big as fuck, though. I know this for a fact. <laughs> and he had a big fitted on. It was very vintage Mikey Rocks. And we was kicking it, talking shit. Uh, Chuck English said something along the lines of, you know you get money when instead of a chain, you buy a five-tier 
smoker to barbecue, nigga. <laughs> and then uh, we ran the sticks on Mortal Kombat, and I was beating Mikey Rock's ass. And I remember just thinking, damn, I'm beating one of my idols' ass in video games right now. Like, this is great, bro. This is the best. Like, these niggas, I think, I know, I think at this point I've made it clear to them how much they are heroes to me and a part of my journey as an artist and person. But, like, I don't think they get it still. Like, bro, Chuck English and Mikey Rocks are legends. So, yeah, bro. To beat, to beat a legend's ass in Mortal Kombat was really. <laughs> <laughs> it was either Mortal Kombat or Tekken. Either way, I beat him, like, to a pulp. So, <laughs> and to do that, and, and, and like, to do that at that time when, like, j- just to, like, consider to consider like the impact the cool kids left on people like us and then to, to and, and then to like come and then to come yourself like six seven years later and leave a similar kind of mm-hmm. impact because i guarantee you there are people who are like a little below us who probably look at you the way they look the way the way you look at fucking rocks in english you know, you know like, i hope so and i also hope um now thinking about it that the cool kids were able to feel it you know what I'm saying? When I was being that type of fan for them before I was making music, uh, because, you know, you don't always know. You know what I'm saying? Just like you said, I'm sure there's some people looking at you the way you looked at them. Like, you know, even if they're not saying it, I'm sure that's true. Even if I don't see it with my own eyes, I'm sure that's true. So I hope they felt that love. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's an underappreciated group globally. I got big ass love for the cool kids. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like big, big fan of the cool kids. Right. And you know, like to and then to um on the flip side, you're showing you're showing love to people who are coming up on who are coming up on your side and just like shit that's happening right now. Cause yeah. of course Christmas and Six is produced entirely by Ricky Felix of Van Buren. Shout out to fucking Ricky Felix. Cause that was Ricky Felix, boy, holy my, my shit, bigger man. That's my like, big. What's the shit from uh, Glory Road? If or no, Coach Carter. If you was any bigger, you'd be my bigger nigga. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I love that. And like when I saw y'all, when I saw y'all working, I was like, oh, like this makes perfect sense. Like I never thought to like be like, oh, Christmas should go fuck with Van Buren, and, it, and yeah. then it just kind of like happened. So like, no, talk- the thing is, I've been fucking with Van Buren for a long time, bro. Like, I thought been- so. They, uh, when we did, so before pre-pandemic, they had a Red Bull show and it was me and Stiz and they wanted one more like local artist rapper situation. I think they wanted Vintage Lee to do it and Vintage had something else to do. And so Breck One, who's the Celtics DJ, he reached mm-hmm. out to me and he's like, uh, who else should we get? And I was like, listen, I don't know if you're into groups <laughs> right now, but if you are, get this group they will shut this shit down like i promise it'll just be really incredible to see because i'm one of those i like groups you know what i'm saying i like crossover i like the mcu movies i like link ups you know what i'm saying that shit is all yeah. very cool to me so when i see a bunch of very different like-minded cool ass like the characters you know what i'm saying like what's this one superpower what's this one do so that was exciting to me so i was like yo put them on there please Got them on there and fucking they tore that bitch down. I, I just very vividly remember we were all standing outside of a glass door and Stiz and everybody was kind of looking through the glass door like, who is this? Like, they're going fucking dumb and like moving for like a lot of people moving from outside to inside at the same time. 
to watch them perform. And I was like, yeah. And then oh. from there, I stayed super close to all of them. I directed a video for them when they did um a song with my DJ with Mui. They a Super Smash oh, no shit. song with Felix and Luke Bars and I directed right. the video. Yeah, I remember so, the song. I didn't know you made the video. That's crazy. That was my first time kicking it with them for like a long period. Like we basically kicked it all day. And from there, I was like, bro, I'm like in this group as far as I'm concerned. Y'all niggas can kick me out every day. Still mm-hmm. Van Buren. <laughs> so it was never like one of those things. It was more like, when are we gonna? It was never like every time you see any of them niggas, just when are we gonna? All right, so when are we gonna? So what happened right. was I'd already planned on making something like Christmas and six regardless, but never really thought I would like push it into execution. And then we were at Stiz's Roadrunner show and we're all kicking it or whatever. Ricky is by himself in the corner making beats. It's loud as a bitch in here. He's still making beats always. So I catch Rick later on. He's not making beats. I'm talking shit with him. He's like, Christmas, when are we going to do one, bro? Like, we got to get one for the streets, bro. And so I'm like, all right, we'll do it. I was like, how about this? I come through this week. We'll make a whole project in a day, but nobody else could be there. It's got to be just me and you because I'm still super COVID safe. This is the first thing I've recorded, not fully at the crib since the pandemic started. I don't go to the studio, bro. I learned how to do it. So uh, <laughs> I don't yeah, need it. Yeah. But for Ricky respect, I was like, I'll go to Ricky so we can make this and feel like we did it together. <clears throat> so this show is on a Friday, maybe Saturday. Fucking uh, pulled up on Tuesday, the following Tuesday. And Rick probably had two beats ready to go for me. And I recorded those like in a half hour and then <laughs> started to blow songs out the water. We probably finished with nine in like four or five hours, maybe six. But we also kicked it outside and took pictures for like a half hour. So like we didn't, you know what I'm saying? So we did like nine songs and we were like, we did it, bro. We we said we was going to do it and we did it. And I came in with the Christmas and six theme ready to go before we even got there. So Finished that shit hella fast. He was really inspired by how fast I was making raps, but I was really inspired. He only had two beats ready to go. He made the rest of them bitches on the spot quickly. I tell niggas all the time, I do not want to sit here and listen to you make beats. I refuse to come to the session and be here for four hours for one beat. You know how many songs I could have made? If you just played me beats you already made, I could have made an album in here. And we did that. And he made the beats. So I was very, we both went dumb fast. So now I got to ask, what were the two beats he had done when you got there? Okay, so you'll hear him. Um, Contract Year, which is the first okay. song on the project. Yeah. Uh, when it comes out in Game 6, which is the last song on the project. Okay. And then the I want to say the second the second song we did, or the third song we did after those, was um, Clutch Sports. And then we did... Oh, the song with Snow? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, we did that one hella fast because it was just me. All I had to do was a verse and a hook. And then I was like, I already know I'm putting the Rebels on this. Um, oh, Rebel Mafia is also on that song. Yes. Um, yep, yep, yep. Here, so uh, Super and Rugby Low Sport both on there, too. But hey. then um, Game 6, Giles is on that. And 36, the video I dropped today, Joseph Chilliams is on the album. Version. Yes, he is from Pivot so Gang. Yep. We got a lot of cool shit going with the album, but we made all that shit so fast, bro. It was like really quick. And then I incorporated one song I made a long time ago um, on a Ricky Felix beat that I just never dropped and was like, the people need to hear this. It's also produced by Connus, who's from here as well. Yeah, and shout out to Connus. I love Connus. Connus is hard, bro. And I've had this Connus and Ricky song done for a long time. And didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, it kind of is about basketball too. Now think about it. So I was like, throw it on there. So, so it's Shaquille O'Neal. 
I assume. Nah. <laughs> uh, Hooper's okay. Hooper's oh, got it. Is the, okay. um, is the one that was done for a minute. Shaquille O'Neal actually might have been. We did a contract year, game six. Then we did Shaquille O'Neal. Then we did Clutch Sports. That's what it was. So I think I think I think of the I think of the six. I think either Shaquille O'Neal or um, I want to say Shaquille O'Neal is my favorite so far. Yeah, same. Shaquille O'Neal is my favorite. Shaquille great. Because like it reminds me of um, like the old Scarface beats and shit like on my block and shit like that yeah like one of those joints where it just like you almost want to sit on a bike like you don't even feel like summer like that it kind of feel like there should be leaves falling when it come on but like it just feels good i love that song when ricky put that beat on i was acting crazy i was like yeah you're doing it because he started it it didn't sound shit like that it only had like a couple of those elements and i had already started writing and then by the time he was done i was like where are you in here acting like dre like this is this reminds me of a Dr. Dre beat, bro. The keys you threw on this bitch at the end. So yeah, and he's young, bro. He's a kid. You yeah, I'm, I'm young too, but he's a young, young nigga. You know what I'm saying? I'm young, yeah, like fake young almost now. <laughs> like, and like, cause like I remember, I remember when I first heard fucking High End Theory back in 2020, and mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it was around the same time I heard um, Luke's Good Evil, and that was when I first yep. got put on to Van Buren. But like, mm-hmm. you know, like the like the thing I love about Ricky is that he can handle so many different styles. Like, none of the six songs on this project sound the same. You know, like, yeah. and, and 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 like, and he didn't listen to shit I asked for when I told him <laughs> what I wanted to. That's also a, a huge component because like there was a point point where I was like, this isn't going to come out during the playoffs if we don't get some type of uniformity in here somewhere right and it was only because i was being scared i had only been rapping on like soul like i told the nigga i don't want no drums just soul sample me up don't touch it after that just loop it and don't touch it i'll I'll handle the rest bro you did it and he's like marcy griselda shit (laughs) he's like nah bro i can't you know i gotta build and he's building his ass off and i'm like okay but don't do too much more i don't don't want to fuck me up and he's doing it i'm like this is good (laughs) you didn't ruin it like people be ruining beats like at the end like how you make me a good ass beat till the last five minutes bro and then Mm. whole beat up whole beats done i don't want it now (laughs) <laughs> you didn't do that i was happy as hell to get to have a bunch of songs i really liked this uh and then like i said we made like 12 like we made like nine that day i made like probably four later we had a lot of songs so there's like a bunch we didn't use too i picked like my favorite six and was like that's the christmas of six right god damn um before we move on to this uh to these last few questions like i feel like you already kind of like said it but like, what's your favorite part of working with Felix? Because, like, like I said, his range is just, like, that's the thing I've always loved about Ricky is, like, his fucking range is just crazy. But, like, mm-hmm. making this and, like, really locking in, like, what was, what's your favorite aspect of, like, working with Ricky on music? Ricky's fun to be around, bro. Like, he's a good time yeah. to, like, kick it with and shit like that. That's so important to making music. I don't think people realize, like, that's a big deal, bro. Like, we had a good time just being in there, you know what I'm saying? And he's telling me about the city. We, um, we like, we recorded it at the, uh, that cultural arts center where they all be at all day in Brockton and shit. And I, I hadn't been to Brockton in like 10 years, bro. I don't even be out there like that. But again, respect for Rick. I'm like, I'll come up there and I'll do, I'm going to do this how y'all do it. So like, even that day, I saw Giles that day. I saw St. Leo that day. Like, you know what I'm saying? I loved that. I love feeling like I was in there there like that building i was like y'all just own this 
Like, y'all, this whole building is y'all. <laughs> it's, it's not, but like, it feels like it is because they're just in there all over the place working. So I'm like, yeah, I like this. This is cool. Um, so that was probably my favorite thing. Was like, and also I love all of them. You know what I'm saying? Everybody in yeah, here, a good time, bro. Niggas are silly. So, like, yeah. I think I'd be annoying them. I'd be getting on their nerves for sure. I'm like the old head who won't leave them alone. We home. Yeah, yeah. Yo. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I love I love all of them, man. I pulled up I pulled up on them when they played at Babies All Right uh last year. Mm-hmm. Um just like like all of them. Shout like like I'm not gonna sit here and name every single member, but shout out yeah, to the whole yeah, Van Buren, yeah. shout out to Luke, to Lior, <laughs> to Ricky, to fucking Felix, to all all, all of y'all, man. Like you're just like I um I interviewed them when Bad for Breast um for when Bad for Press came out for Audio Mac and it was just like it was just fucking eleven of us in a fucking Zoom room and it was just like it was maybe some of the most fun I've ever had doing it. <laughs> I don't I don't know man. I'm, you know me, bro. I'm loud, but like there it's it's like kids, <laughs> boy. Me and Rick got a bet too, and low key this whole Christmas and sick conversation started with that bet, but he like deflected. But it was, uh, we made a bet when we shot that video for Smash Bros. He was like, I'll bar you up. I was like, bro, you will uh-huh. never, you'll never, ever, ever bar me up. But it's cool. And so he put a hundred on him barring me up in a song. And uh, we still haven't made the song. He's like, not going to do it. <laughs> Come on, bro. You want to rap. Rap time. So one day y'all going to get a Michael Christmas and Ricky Felix rap collaboration whenever he stopped being scary. Come on. All right. Nah. I'm holding you to that. I'm holding you both to that. I'm about oh, to. I'm about to. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm about to. I'm about to message him later. Honestly, <laughs> tell him y'all still need to do one. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, god damn. So, like, just thinking about this now, like, like I was looking. I was looking through your. I was looking through your discography, mm-hmm. and um, is this art is turning ten in like two years, yeah. which is amazing, yeah. and like. You know, like at this point in your career, like especially especially with the work you're doing with people like uh, Rebel Mafia and Van mm-hmm. Buren, like you're kind of an OG in your scene at yeah. this point. Like, you, like, like you're there, you know, and like there's an entire there's an entire new generation of talent like from your area, like not just like in general, but like specifically from your area coming up behind you. And like, how does it feel to be? in that position where you're kind of like looking back and like your debut is about to turn 10 in two years. And like, how does it feel to be these two years as long (laughs) as possible? I want these to be the two longest years of my whole life, bro. I'm so sick in my gut about being an older person. I hate it. Like, ugh, (laughs) I don't like it at all, bro. But it's cool. You know what it is, is people message me and see me and be like, bro, listening to you in middle school, listening to you in in high school you know i'm saying it's been eight years now that's a full school cycle for some kids you know what i'm saying yeah that's two full school cycles for some kids it's stressing me out but at the same time i also feel like physically i'm getting younger mentally i'm getting older um but talent wise i'm getting way better and uh my, my mind is a lot clearer um as far as like with making music with knowing what i want to do with videos, with thinking about how to do all the things I want to do. And um, so it's, it's, it's interesting losing some of the things you have early in your career is, and then like the new things you gain, like you lose that whimsical blissfulness about how crazy things can get. But you also see a lot of things in that time that you don't even realize was like the crazy stuff that you're going to see. Yeah. 
you know what I'm saying? Like, man, we did what? Like, we seen Ja Rule perform Living It Up at Terminal 5 with Mac, and then he found us in the hallway after and was like, y'all did a good job. And it's like, you know, yeah. I don't care about Ja Rule's opinion at all. But I listened to Ja Rule a lot as a kid, and then he came up to me and told me I did a good job. Like, these are moments I think people don't, you don't stop and think about anything, you know, that's trivial as that when you're trying to go super hard. But we've done some cool things, you know what I'm saying, in, in eight years. We've done some crazy stuff. And we've also helped a lot of people along the way. Um, right. But I'm not even, like, close to, like, musically slowing down or anything else. It's more about, like, now I think I'm just kind of finding comfort in knowing what I want to do musically. Like, for real, knowing what I want to do. I think there was a long time where I was confused. Like, you know, I got I to gotta, I gotta pop. <laughs> I, I gotta I gotta still even though I like just really rapping good I gotta pop and I'm like bro I'm gonna just I'm just do what I want like regardless if it's just rapping good I might do nothing on the song like Pootie Tang and it go you know what I'm saying because that's what right. I feel <laughs> <laughs> how I feel now yo I'm just like just to like having having been here for as long as I have and seeing you do your thing. And just like from just like from the solo shit to you being on the tour with Mac, which I wasn't at that show. I'm so mad mm-hmm. I wasn't at that show. But no, like, you missed Ja Rule though. Yeah, I know. Oh, just just thinking about it. But like, either way, just like just like the like we're we're at a we're at a point now where you know like we're kind of looking back on shit in mm-hmm. a way that we weren't before. And it just feels so good to know that for you specifically, like you're just getting started. Like I've like, this is like, like I had a feeling you were going to go this distance already. And just like seeing that you've like already started to like diversify and just like move into other different things. Like just, you know, like get like getting older can be a scary thing. Like, you know, like I'm I'm so scared. Bro, I bro, I just turned 30 and like I and like I, I like I feel it, you know, but like at the same time, I also feel like I'm just getting started. I still have so much more I want to prove, so much more I want to say, so many more people I want to work with, so many more things to just do. And to see you also have that and just like continue like like I really can't emphasize how much I love your shit, man. Like Thanks, it's, it's 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 Thank just you. been you know, like there's never been a point where I've been like, eh. I don't you think know, I'll let like... me stop. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel a lot like um, early, the idea of what music was to me when I became a rapper um, was currency, was Wiz, was Dom Kennedy, was, you know, all these people who are just haven't stopped yet, still yeah. giving us A1 projects to this day. So, like, the idea is not, you know, to be a superstar with a hit or two. The idea is to be real real good with a million good songs that whoever really like me can listen to all day like I could just put currency on right now and never hear the same song today once and listen to a lot of songs I really like that's what the point of rap is to me for me is to just keep making good ass songs that people like this this one and it's this one and then remember he did this one like that's what I want for rap because like there's other things I can go be in your face with later movies tv stand up whatever you'll get that personality but i want to make sure 
songs you got them forever that's why i said the other day because i got four albums none of them out yet <laughs> sitting in the so i'm like hey god forbid knock on wood but if anything happened to me y'all are good bro y'all are gonna have music forever i'm gonna make sure oh, man you know what i'm saying because that's what it's about dom kennedy's still going hard currency's still yeah. going hard bronson's still going hard you know what i'm saying i can listen yeah. to them forever danny I brown just, that's right yeah really doing it danny brown and he's good he's getting better yearly still, still <laughs> it's crazy like uh i'm 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 so i'm so excited for that new um i'm excited for whenever he decides to drop 40 like hopefully soon but like man yeah just like and like and like currency and like spitter too because i just saw him um uh he just played with a fucking live band in new york like a month ago and like i'd never seen him live and he just mm. he just he did so many classics, so much old, just like so much new shit. Just like to see did him have every song after thirty seconds. Yeah. Yo, I don't know why he does that, my boy. I like your second verses a lot. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> currency, if you listening, please stop doing that, bro. Finish the song. Like, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, please. Like, he, he did that at least two or three times, and like he would, he, he was like joking with. Twice. He did it both times, so I just had to assume that he does it every time. So I ask everybody when they say they seen him, if he do that. And I know you want to give us a million songs, but I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was joking with the band too, because like the band would keep playing the songs, and he would be like, "No, no, stop!" And it's like, "No, like let 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 him let him go, resume, I continue, hear, I play." <laughs> done too. I want to hit an instrumental for ten minutes a piece, bro. These is good right. songs. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, he did it a lot, but I did it. I still enjoyed that show despite him doing that. I was just like, "Bro, that second verse, <laughs> you just took that from me." God. it's like when people cut off keys verse on wrist yeah oh are man like are you crazy <laughs> yeah that's the song <laughs> right exactly that's i love Ex that song. that's the song bro right that's man yeah shout out to father but yeah that's the song like <laughs> for real hey and shout out to father for real his new album dumb hard bro still gotta uh, still gotta listen to it it's, it's on my too. list very yeah. good and tony snow reflections also very good both yeah already already um um i reviewed that for pitchfork i love yes. the tony snow album yes love the tony snow yeah, album. you write for pitchfork great. and your pops really like that poem that's crazy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, i swear to god um <laughs> last question for you <laughs> if your life was a movie what would it be about christmas i think i'd go I think I maybe would go with my favorite genre and have it be like, a, instead of comedy horror, maybe more comedy mystery. And okay. I would have it be like, a. do you ever watch the after party on Apple TV? No. Okay. Well, every episode is covers a different character and their character has a different uh, genre for their episode when they go over the story. And so for Shorty from Broad City's character, her, um, her episode was a thriller. So the show is a comedy. But she thinks she's in a horror thriller. And that's what my life would be. <laughs> it would be a comedy, but I think it's a horror thriller. <laughs> that's hard. That's like, uh, that's kind of like, I feel like I bring this up every episode now, but that's kind of like everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, just like, how I don't even like, say nothing about that movie. I haven't seen it yet. I won't. Don't judge me. I, I won't. Seen it it's yet. cool. See I'm it excited, at some point. Bro. I heard that my homegirl called us the other day. She said, I watched that movie. And it got me a little emotional. But then when I left the theater, 
it got me very emotional and I started crying. I'm like, you telling me you cried after you left the theater? Like you, you watched the whole movie and started crying in the car? <laughs> I'm like, so this dude must be amazing then. So I should have watched it. It's intense, bro. All I'm going to say is that like, it's a bunch of different movies all smushed into one. Like scene by scene, it turns into a different movie. Like one scene will be shot like a drama. The next will be shot like a fucking, mm-hmm. like, like a 70s kung fu flick. Another will be shot in like widescreen, like an IMAX movie. Another mm. will be shot like a fuck. It, it's like, it's They're doing that. a lot of that now. Yeah, but like this not is not like this. that though. This sounds like some other shit, but I'm saying they're doing a lot of um trying to like the French dispatch. I don't know if you saw the French dispatch. Oh yeah, I saw the French dispatch. Another one that dispatch. like, you know what I'm saying? It was I remember that movie was kind of hard for my girl to follow because she'll be like half in and half out the movie and she's like, How the fuck mm. do we get who are these people? <laughs> I'm like, there's different people every time. Like it's, yeah. it's it's like four movies essentially through the whole way. So um I like those. I also am fucking with anthology series right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like seen um Little America on no. Apple TV. It's a it's basically a series about different people who come here and are striving for like something in America, and it's like their hardships while they're dealing with it and shit. So like the one episode I really like is this dude from Africa moves to like Kansas or some shit, <coughs> and he wants to be a cowboy real bad because he watched westerns when he was yeah. in Africa as a little boy. So he gets older, he doesn't really have like an identity at school and people don't respect him because he's just like a very smart, very dedicated student from Nigeria and shit. And so trying to find his identity, he takes his bread and goes to the cowboy store and he buys a pair of boots. And then um, I think they throw in a hat, like the guys that work there are like super nice to him, but this starts to give him like confidence and starts to like help him find like his way through like having to live in this shit. Like he starts stomping in them boots, boy. As soon as he puts the business <laughs> on, he walked out with the shoulder sway like my man's when he had tassel coat on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he, was, he was confident and he became a cowboy. He found some cowboy niggas trying to wrangle up a horse on the side of the road and pulled over and was like, let me help. It was like, come on in. And next thing you know, that nigga is fully immersed in a culture that he wanted to be a part of in his country. I was like, that's some cool shit. I wouldn't do it personally, but that's some cool shit you got going. I would have moved to Boston or New York or some safe shit, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I feel it. I have so many things on Apple. I have so many things on Apple TV I got to watch. I'm going to add that too. And what was the other shit that you said your movie, your, the, your, your life movie would be about? trying to remember what that was called oh the after party on apple tv the after party all right cool yeah, yeah. i got i got it i'm gonna send you a list i made a list of shows Please. and movies i've been watching recently because there's so much shit coming out and my dad and people always call me like yo what should i watch and then i'm like fuck i just watched 30 things i can't remember any of them so i've decided to put together a ranking system uh yeah. and all the shit i've watched recently and it goes by this emoji and it's like how many of <laughs> these you know what I'm saying? Three being like pretty, pretty good. Five being yeah. like almost impossible to reach. And Got so you. basically everything's gotten a three because I'm trying to figure out what a perfect program is. <laughs> I'm going to I'm I'm send you I'm going to send you a list of mine, too. I um I organize all my shit on Letterboxd when it comes to movies, at least. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. So like I have I, I, I no app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man fucking yeah yeah fucking letterbox is so much fun but yeah like I, I i got you on a list you got me on a list thank you i don't got any more questions but like christmas man i don't even like you are you already know but like thank you mm-hmm. this was this was 
This is beautiful. We really just want to see two hours, man. You know, we don't need to talk to these motherfuckers to talk about movies. We can talk about movies anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they can figure that shit out on their own. But um, <laughs> Christmas is six, goddamn. Go watch the 36 video. And yep. Christmas six is out at midnight. And also, I'm going to send you this list, like, right this second, because I was about to add some shit. And we just remembered. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.